Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how to pickle a grape. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly, hey, Brad Polly, howdy, and together we are the motherfucking Inglorious Pastors. <laughs> I'm back, motherfuckers. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> Announcements: We launched a new podcast via Patreon called Turd Talk, uh, where we interview some of our listeners to get their stories. Uh, first episode was the awkward Aussie Anglican Beck Ray. She was our first guest. It was a really good interview. It was tons of fun. Yeah. But before we get into the rest of our episode, I have a special song prepared oh, for you. Jeez. Because Brad's back. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got I've got one too for him actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, that song sucks. Yeah. I hate that song I don't so know, much. Man, that's kind of fun. It's not nearly as. Oh um, no! Wait, you know the song I really hate is "Taking Care of Business." That is, yeah, I don't. It's like terrible. Uh, here, I got something for us too. Ready? All right. Ready? I listened to this today and I thought about <laughs> the three of us getting back together. We thing. don't do the same drugs, no, no. more. Play, turn your music up. Over it here. is. I have it all the way up on <laughs> That's not very. That's loud, as loud right? as I can get it. Why is your thing not very loud? I don't know. <laughs> well, that could be. That's it. Yeah. No, that was disappointing. Anyway, yeah. We, we apologize. This part should have been edited in post. <laughs> we back, guys. I don't know why it's not like that. Yeah, that's weird. What's well, hold the... on. Let me let me check this. Make sure. Hold it's on. Okay. Let's wait while Matt gets his hold sh- on together. Let's see. You stupid mother. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> that's weird. Just that song's really quiet. I know there. you're a dumb. <laughs> All right. So Brad's back. I'm He's been. You, I'm gonna keep you right in the MIA <laughs> for the last. Well, week. I'm back for most of this episode. <laughs> yeah, for, for the majority <laughs> so. of it. Yeah, I'm not, not not here for part of the uh, coming interview, but yes, man, we've been so busy. Like it's just ridiculous, like beyond ridiculous how busy we've been as a family. So with soccer games and practices and school meetings and all sorts of crap. So yeah, yeah, yeah so- soccer's been kind of a big. We man, had but we've had like four different school meetings and all sorts of crap, and it's just been terrible. Job's just not on board. And I was sick last week, so allegedly, no, it was. You worked the next day. You weren't that sick. Well, because I enjoy making money, so making money, making money, <laughs> money, 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 money. This, this doesn't money. pay well. In case you hadn't <laughs> yes. noticed, yes, so. we're raking in the uh, the beers. That's yes. all we've gotten so far out yeah. of this podcast. Um. And, and equipment, obviously. Are we yes. allowed yeah. to try the beer yet? Yes. Um, we well, no, no. no. We need to do the song. We got to do the song. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Brad barely rem- I don't know why that feedback is for this thing. You want to trade me I chords? I might need to get a new cord. Trade me cords. Here. All right. I won't use my beeper. Brad can no, use this. It's not. that's not it. It's the other. It's the main cord. It's the main vein. Yeah. Um, where's the, that green? The one the green goes into. This is such entertaining podcasting. No, just, just hit. The yeah. Right. So I guess we don't use our beepers then. Is that oh, what you're saying? Uh, Michael, buzzkill. Well, just for the song. Come on. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. 
Yay. Yay. All right. Maybe it's just my port. My port sounds bad. Yeah, it does. Um, what get are we it, bring, get drinking? It, get, your port sucks. Um, I am having... We are having... Okay, so I think we've had Dragon's Milk from New Holland Brewing in Michigan uh, on the podcast before. However... It's a top five beer. This one is different. Yeah. Uh, You had to pre-order it, right? Yeah, so (laughs) I'm a VIP at our local liquor store, so that tells you a lot about me as a (laughs) person. Same, too. I've reached that So I get these emails periodically about reserve beers and whiskeys and different things that I can reserve to have them shipped to the store for me or whatever. This one uh, is Dragon's Milk Reserve. Mexican spice cake bourbon barrel stout. Oh my god! I can't wait. So this is like they're basically their dragon's milk on steroids. So full and smooth. This reserves chocolate characters enhanced by the soft heat of chilies, mellowed out by hints of vanilla and cinnamon. Yeah, man. All right. Let's so do let's, let's let's do this. Do this. this. All right. Oh man, dude! Whoa! Oh my god! Shit. I'm not sure I can describe that beer. Outside of just saying that is, that's a top, unbelievably good. That's like a top five for me. Yeah, beers all unbelievably all time. good. Yeah, they, they really, they really. Oh, wow, <laughs> it's like that made the regular Dragon's Milk, which is a great beer, taste like it came get, came out of a hobo. It's ass. got like yeah. a chocolatey feel to it too. It's real smooth and dark. It's you definitely get the vanilla. So man, too. that mm-hmm. is that's pretty special. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you can get your hands on Ooh. Dragon's Milk Reserve Mexican Spice and Cake the, and, Bourbon Barrel Stout, do it. You do get a little bit of a chili there on the back end of it. It is. Uh, it's eleven percent alcohol. Yeah, don't drink it fast. Well, that's good because it was like eighteen dollars for a four pack. <laughs> so. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Thanks, Patreon supporters. Yeah. <laughs> um, a new Holland. This beer literally on the pub. Yes, this beer is on the on the Pastor's <laughs> Pub for sure. Uh, we also have another backup beer, uh, Gumball. Um, yeah, I brought some gumball head for us uh, by Three Floyd's Brewery, and it's it's really good too. It's hard to hard to like com- compare an eleven dollar beer versus an eighteen dollar. That beer. one, the gumball head is ridiculous. It They're is both. It is I good generally think wheat beers are about as boring as it gets, but man, that one is it's a that different, it's a different exceptionally. Wheat. Good. It's not your standard wheat. No, beer. it's exceptionally good. Um, so I also had some habanero scotch too while we were interviewing Hillary. So. Hey, do you want to grab the um, the fat pastured stuff while I talk about um, do, do we have this from stuff? Janet? Right? Don't we have leftovers? Did we? Yeah, there were a couple things. Uh, yeah, get that. I'll do this round on. So this round is on um, Pastards Pub. If you'd like to buy us a round, go to patreon.com slash Pastards Podcast. Um, and that will get you in the Pastor's Pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. You can also get uh, a RSS feed to listen to the, the bonus content uh, directly on your iPod catcher. It's pretty sweet. Uh, thanks to August Blondell for, for uh, bringing that up to us. Um, I was kind of sad I didn't get to try the bacon horseradish chips last week. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there they are. All right. Do I get ready. to rate these this week? Yeah, even sure. You guys, go for this it. is going to go really well with a uh, chocolatey yeah, uh, spice all, all cake beer. Is, yeah. um, so things discussed in the pub this week. A lot of high praise for Turd Talk with Beck Ray. So that was really yeah, good. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. God, I laughed so I did hard too. a couple yeah. of times. Um we also are talking about Brad. It's not even Fat Pastor yet. Have you forgotten how this show works? I kind of have actually. I, I've been here for tell. like three fucking weeks. Um, Sorry, three fucking weeks. Um, Rob Bell's "What Is the Bible?" We're talking about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you, you open it up yet? Oh my oh, god, yeah. these chips are ridiculous. 
I haven't been able to crack it open yet, but I am. Yeah, it's good. I'm ready to. It's 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 Rob Bell, man. I'm 50 pages in already. It's awesome. I'm about a chapter in. I literally brought it with me just in hopes that I would have a couple couple minutes to read it and (laughs) have it. So then I I walked in and saw it immediately on your couch. Um, We also talked about rompers for males. No, absolutely. I'm telling you, if somebody buys one for me, I'll wear it to a live event. I don't give a shit. There it is. That's at. I would say get like a, I don't even know what size you get. I really don't want my dick hanging out of it or anything. So like, (laughs) nor does anyone else. (laughs) If we're going to be completely honest. No. Um, Yeah. Get me a small. I want my dick to hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, okay. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. I want my dick to hang out of it. Uh, We we, uh, also talked about trying to find peace as a parent. And we're actually going to talk about that a little bit too in our interview with uh, Hillary in terms of sex. That is, um, but but then finding peace as a parent, I think, is something we talked about. And then it's um, very hard to do. The Turd Family picnic this weekend. We talked about that. Uh, we we need to figure something out because it looks like it's going to rain. So be be up in the pub sounds, for that. Sounds like we're going to the taps. Party in like Upland. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then uh, since he wasn't here last week to talk about his hot take in the pub, I think it's time for. Brad Polly to talk about his Tim Keller tweet that set a Oh, blaze. God. I don't even remember it. Like, so this is what you said. You said, I saw this today. This is horse shit. Oh, yeah. Sin you guys, is you, not just bad things, but good things we make ultimate over God, Tim Keller. Yeah, you guys pretty much answered this basically yeah. how I was going to the other day, the right. other week. When was that last week? Or the week that before? was last week. <laughs> so basically my biggest problem with it is that it turns God into like this petty deity that like can't even as i read it now i after the big blow up i was like maybe i'm not reading the quote correctly or i think you are i and to be fair i don't know anything about tim keller i really don't know a lot about i don't care who who said it i really like it this has nothing to do with my objection to tim keller as a person because i have no I, i don't know i read a book of his about 10 years ago and i remember nothing about it so i don't like tim keller there it is hot take well okay um, Do you like anything? <laughs> I like a lot of things. Tim Keller is not one. You know, of them. we talk about like us being grumpy and shit about stuff, but like you literally like there's. If anybody has a hot take about something, it's going to be you. <laughs> you in know the what? Pub. I love a lot of things, and I'm known for that hashtag. Do Michael's you? whale mouth. Yes, I do. I that's love that's music. That's only music, though. No, it's not just music. It's movies. It's okay. Uh, music. Media. Can I finish? Yes, you can. I finish my answer now. Yeah, go ahead. So, and it's interesting that this came back up again tonight because. Uh, Part of what I was reading towards the beginning of Rob Bell's new book is he was talking about um, that God is actually a God of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the scriptures and you look at the original text and what in the in the what they were saying, that what they were trying to get across was that God wasn't this grumpy dick, but He was actually a God of pleasure, the guy that a God that delights in our pleasure. Yeah. So like this idea that like. If you like something, it's fine to like something as long as you don't like it more than God. Turns God into like a jealous girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't hang out with your friends. You need to hang out with them. Yeah. Like, I just, that's just doesn't seem to square with me to who God, who who Jesus revealed as who God is. Does that make sense? Yes. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, God, like, why do we have to like take anything that we like that's good or anything and go, well, just as long as like it we, doesn't well, take precedence over God, that's fine. We, we make an excuse but for our God pleasure. created it. Like why? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like the idea that like I you know I can enjoy my family. Just make sure that you know don't enjoy your family more than God. Yeah. But 
when you're enjoying your family, you're enjoying God. Yeah, That's exactly. the point, guy. Like, I, I, it yeah. turns God into this other, this being that is out there somewhere that is bitter and jealous, that if he's not the center of attention, he's like some spoiled toddler, yeah. that if he's not the center of attention, he can't deal with it. Yeah. And it pisses me off. It's bullshit. Yeah. So there you go. There's my take on that. Yep. yep. Went from uh, horse shit to bullshit. Yeah, well, so. it's a little of both. Yep. A little column A, a little column B. Yeah. <laughs> All right, with that, uh, let's do Fat Bastards. Yeah. Fat Bastards. So part of the reason why I definitely wanted to do this is because I wanted to pair it with this beer. Uh, this one is going to be awesome. With well, this yeah, I can't wait. I've also got some marzipan too. Here, buddy. <laughs> Just hasn't she sent us marzipan before? Yeah, I think she. Janet's has. a big marzipan fan, apparently. Marzipan. Because <laughs> I think one of our hashtags was. Uh, it was marzipan. The marzipan. The foreign exchange. Marzipan. The foreign. Yeah, that's right. Let's start with the fruit shoes. Oh, uh, what do we? I want to do with the chocolate with the. Beer. Not yet. You, all you, right. You want to end with that? All right. Um, what are we rating all this stuff as? Um, man, I don't know because we already did. Walker, Texas Rangers. Already did done. those. Uh, About five we, Bill, Bill Belichick's. Do we do roundhouse kicks? <laughs> no, let's do Bill we did, Belichick's. We did round, let's do Bill Belichick's. Okay. Yeah. Bill so Belichick's. She's from Boston. Yeah. Boston. Okay, so this Boston. is... Boston. Uh, these are... Harvard. Uh, let's Harvard do, let's do out of five Harvard bars. <laughs> let's do Harvard bars. <laughs> yeah, five Harvard bars. Yeah. Okay. They got equations and shit on the wall. <laughs> How do you like them apples? I, I, have I mentioned how much I think he's a terrible actor to, on the show? Total, we, total, total uh, confession. I think, we, I think we've covered this before. But. Full confession. Jason Bourne is a saint. Get the fuck out of here. Full confession. I no, watched. I like Matt Damon. It's Ben Affleck oh, I can't deal with. Ben Affleck. Full yeah. confession. I watched about 15 minutes of like Goodwill Hunting Clips yesterday on YouTube. I love that movie. For no reason. I love I, I, I love that. No, I love that movie. They just kind of popped up. And yeah. like, I right, unashamedly love that movie. Robin like, Williams is great in that movie. And so is Matt Damon. Yeah. Ben Affleck yeah. was a was a great in uh, Rudy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> but he was in Rudy, and he was pretty bad. Wait, what? Yeah, Ben Affleck was in Rudy. The yeah, Sean he Astin. was. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. He he's one of the Notre Dame players, yep. isn't he? Yep. Is he really? God, I've not seen that movie forever for a very good reason. Rudy, it's, Rudy, it's Rudy, freaking terrible. So yeah, Rudy is the shit, man. It's a uh, terrible. Uh, Notre Dame's. Like that's why I like Notre Dame football because of Rudy. I hate Notre Dame football. And Rudy has I, a lot to anyway, do with it. When I say I like Notre Dame football, I don't watch Notre Dame football or know any of the players on the team. Couldn't even tell you the coach. <laughs> Go ahead. But I have a sweater. So we have these. Uh, I do have a sweater, a Notre Dame sweater. Of course you do. Um, these are high chew. Um, sensational chewy fruit candy. They're strawberry. Are you to okay, so this no. is going to pair terribly uh-huh. with the beer. That's why we're chasing it with chocolate right. stuff. I've had this before. It's really good. Mm. It's chewy. Oh, God, those are good. Good Lord, you can't chew that. Mm. It reminds me of like a McNow and Laters. It's kind of like a fruit. like strawberry flavored candle wax. Like yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, because you, you chew it. flavored paraffin chew, wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paraffin wax. That's it. Like it doesn't go away. First ingredient, paraffin wax. No, I'm just no. kidding. Oh, man. I, it's pause. literally not dissolving. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's <laughs> like great taste, but you could man, you could chew uh, one of those for a whole yeah. day. I see I like fruit fruity type candy, so that's some Willy Wonka just, shit um, there. Yeah, regurgitate is. that and set it to the side for later <laughs> when Brad's making a long winded point. Michael's like 
<laughs> Eat shit. Michael's like a, <laughs> he's like a mother bird. <laughs> I'll give those a. I'll give those a. Uh, three, I'll give it a three. three. I'll give it three. Uh, three Havid Three Havid Yeah, I'll, I'll give it. Uh, I do like them, so I'm gonna give uh, three and a half Havid Bass. Havid Bass. All right. What's this? Uh, these are uh, milk, Milka Oreo. Oh, milk and Milka. Okay, and these are gonna be great. Milka and Oreo is what it says. I don't even Milka have to, is, I don't is even have to taste this to know this is gonna be awesome. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pair it with the beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That, that goes really well with beer. Yep. I knew it would. Man, mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah, oh, that's, my uh, God. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. I'm going four and a half Harvard buzz. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'm going to go five Harvard buzz. I'm going to go four by itself, five with the beer. It did okay. really good. Really it does well yeah. with that beer. If you can get your hands on Milka Oreo Bar, and hopefully you've uh, and a this. Dragon's Milk Reserve Mexican Spice yeah. Cake Bourbon Barrel Stout, I think this can. I think the marzipan is going to be even better. We've done marzipan before. We're going to do it again. All right. What is this next one? Marzipan. marzipan. This is the marzipan. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Good with the beer. That's awesome. Yep. I'll give that four and a half. I'll go four and a half Hobbit bottles mm-hmm. on that one. Yep. That's pretty tasty. I'll do three and a half. Yeah. Janet, Not awesome stuff. Thank yes. you. Thank you again. Janet, appreciate Walker, it. Texas Ranger. We love you. Yeah, we do. And if you could let us know your obsession with Marzipan, <laughs> uh, what, what's behind that, it'd be great. <laughs> it would be totes and goats awesome. Yep. Um, so I need to talk about my day. Can we talk about my day? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Michael has had a day. So <laughs> before we interviewed Hillary, I did, she asked she asked how you're doing, and and I literally unloaded my day on her. I felt bad. I <laughs> well, like, she's a therapist; she can deal with it. Yeah, she she totally <laughs> took it. Uh, um, she was she was great. So here's my day. Um, it's my it's my daughter's two year old birthday. The white witch turns two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white witch turns two today. Um, happy birthday to the White Witch. Yes. Um, I assume she's not listening to this podcast. Yeah, she's not listening she to this podcast. I know, well, I know Diggory does, or Polyglum does. Yeah. But. He listens to the Rob, well, Rob Bell one on repeat. Seriously. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Does he really? Like, he does. He. I have caught him multiple times listening to Rob Bell <laughs> it, or us interviewing him. <laughs> he's awesome. three and a half. Yep. So funny. Actually, he's almost four. It'll be four in a month. In, the, in a month, yeah. So, my daughter's birthday. I know I'm going to be hanging out with my my parents who are fundamentalists, um, like crazy fundamentalists. Well, Damn, I love my parents; they mean well. But gosh, okay. Um, so I wake up, um, and I'm like, I wake up to my mom texting me like twenty questions of like, uh, "What time are you going to be here? Uh, when are we leaving? Where are we going?" What time does it open? Oh, guess what? Here's what t- she takes a screenshot of it. Tells me what time they're opening because she already looked it up by the time it took me to respond. Uh, where are we going to park when we get there? <laughs> should we park next to the JC Penney's or should we park on the other side of the mall? Because um, we went to, to build a bear and Chuck E. Cheese today. Um, Which are two literal hells on earth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that, so I already had that going for Chuck me. Chuck E. Cheese more so than Build a Bear. Uh, yeah. Chuck E. Cheese is more. But of God, a Build a Bear sucks. You can't get out of there for under about a thousand dollars. Yeah. Build a Bear is a hell. It's an outfit. Oh, 
build a bear is more of like a purgatory as opposed to like Chuck E. Cheese, which is eternal damnation. They did have they did have Guardians of the Galaxy uh, build a bears, and they had uh, Star Wars build a bears. So they Michael came home with three. He's got. Yeah, I started to say (laughs) no. We came. White Witch got nothing. Michael came home with a treasure trove. Michael spent his entire week's paycheck on. (laughs) We came home with uh, a horse and a a Care Bear. So Care Bear stairs. There you go. There you go. Um, so I'm so that's what I woke up to. Does so keep like, it okay before you go any further. Keep texts. in mind, Brad and Michael are off on Wednesdays. I'm I'm working, so I'm driving at the time, and I've got my phone up in like a little clip thing, so I can see messages coming in. And yeah. so I'm getting these messages from Michael, like just a, a just a, a slew of like just messages between yeah. he and Brad and I, and it. I'm dying the entire time. So a little backstory before we go further in the story. So I have two barn cats. I live out in the country. Um, so a, a few weeks ago, my one of my cats had uh, seven kittens unexpectedly. Just just dropped out seven cats. Pretty expected if you don't get them spayed and they live well, outdoors, buddy. Well, there are no Not cats unexpected. nearby. She got banged by a drifter. I can't help it. <laughs> there are no other cats around. That's what happened. There's that. So, so she has her cat. So we have two cats. So we're thinking, man, the other cat, it, it's not pregnant. I mean, pops out four kittens. So we, so now we've got seven little kittens Michael's and then cats four more kittens. I have 13 cats. They're just whores. 13, 13 cats. cats. 13 cats at my house. So Are they in your house? They're in my house because we have oh, dogs my God. and other kinds of other things. Keep in mind... I'm fucking allergic to cats. <laughs> I am, so I've got allergies like are, crazy. Wait, are they all black cats? I mean, no. I, there are some black cats. There's some white cats. There's some some cal, some calico ones. There's God. This yes. makes me so happy. So I've got allergies. So there's that. So I wake up and I'm thinking thirteen cats. Thirteen. It, just, it gets better every time you say it. Thirteen cats in my house. Oh my okay, god. So. So I'm think so I'm getting up out of bed, getting ready to go to the sh- take a shower. But I'm like, we're going to do a podcast today, so I'm going to put some beers in my fridge. So I, I bought some beers last week, and so I, I start to so I carry them into into the kitchen um, from my bed from my bedroom because that's where I have my stash of beers, so the kids won't so get the into them. So the cats don't get them. So the cats and the, and, the, and the kids won't get into them. So I I take the uh, the beers. I take one up and literally set it inside my fridge and it explodes. Like, just immediately pops the top. Yeah. Well, back backstory on that. You called me after you got those. They were up in the Northwest Indiana and you got them. I'm like, hey, get some local beers while you're up there. And he said, okay. Whoops, sorry. And so you called me on the way home and you were like, two of these cans just popped. Like, they, the top popped yeah, up. Top like, popped on up. a yeah. bad can. I was like... Yeah, that's not normal. Like that shouldn't be happening. So, so it was like that was sort of the first tremors of the earthquake. Yes. So I set it in my fridge, pops everywhere, all over my 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 fridge, the ceiling, all over the produce, everything. The produce section is gone. It's there's no turning back. I can't feed my children beer soaked lettuce. Not gonna happen. At least for another year. Well, yes. You can. You can. can. You see it can. All right. So the second one, I'm like, so I'm cleaning it up. And Why does this taste like Uncle Matt's sadness? <laughs> and I, so so I go to get the other one. I'm like, okay. So so two of them had already like cracked and had popped in my room and didn't make a mess, but like they weren't unusable. So I knew they were they were shot. Um. So there's one left. So I'm like, man, I, I'm being real gentle with this. I I immediately he wraps I, it in a pillow. So so I touch it. 
Pop comes literally off, hits the ceiling, <laughs> and I, I've got beer on my ceiling and all that over my counter now. That is crazy. It's crazy. Did they overcarbonate it? Like it had no to be. Idea. Had to be overcarbonated. Like I told you, I called him. I, so I called him. When, like he. So was, Matt fucking calls me. And he's like, <laughs> "Dude, you need to return that." I'm like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Like, I am dealing with a crisis right now. Like, okay, I, so my t- I didn't say my that, heart, but I'm like... Well, I had already like, told you, I'm, I'm like, you need to add right that now. brewery on Twitter and be like... Brewery, uh, my, my heart was in the right place. I just It was just bad timing. Yes, I was like... I didn't, I didn't say anything, but I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to drive fucking three and a half hours up well, yeah. I didn't to return that day. beer. Well, I know that, but I was just like, I'm cleaning up shit. I got to go. <laughs> um, so, okay, so... so I ragey Michael. I clean up. I go. I'm and you guys know me. I'm here early for everything. I'm early. I just I can't not be early or on time. So I'm like the story's about to get a lot. So I'm trying to get my parents. uh, Trying to get to my parents so so we can go get this. We have it everything timed out. So I'm already running late because I had to clean up beer off the fucking ceiling (laughs) and from the from the the kitchen (laughs) from the refrigerator. So. So finally, I get all that cleaned up, and I am just already angry because of the texts, and you know, knowing what my day is going to look in, look like. Wait, um, what, what time is it right at this, this point? This is like I was supposed to be at my parents' house at nine, and it is like eight fifty-seven, and I haven't had a shower yet. <laughs> um, so I finally get to the place where I'm ready to hop in the shower, and I've already texted my mom and said, "I, I'm, we're going to be late." And saw that like she had eighteen texts already, but um, so I, I get uh, I, I declothe myself, <laughs> step in the shower, and guess what? The fucking cat took a shit in the shower. <laughs> One of those grown adult mother cats took it. We have a litter box. We have a litter box. <laughs> It took Dude, a with 13 cats, you're going to need more than one litter box, I think. Well, it's two Good adult cats. God. The little ones don't. I mean, they're like they're a sh- week old, two weeks old. They're just shitting on themselves. Note yeah. to self, never go to Michael's no. house ever again. Oh, my gosh. So that's my. That's just the first two hours of my day. Then I went to, to Chuck E. Cheese. And okay, so tell them what your parents said. The, Are we going to talk the, about yeah, my Yeah, give them the highlights. Oh just give gosh. them the few highlights that you put on um, the pub. I don't have it pulled up, but hold on, uh, I'll find it. I'll get it. So, th- th- some conversations I had with my parents. Um, one KGV is th- is the best. It's the most accurate. It's the said. most accurate. Which, KGV. Fun fact: It's literally okay. one of the here, least. Here, here are the things. Here's, so after here's, KGV, do do number five first. Okay, here's 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 the, okay number five. <laughs> the mark of the beast isn't in fact tattoos; it's microchips. And she she discovered that because. She found out that that is some serious Alex Jones shit. My 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 mom found out that that the the KJV was a little bit inaccurate because um, the the it says the 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 mark of the beast will be on your hand or in on your head, mm. but it actually meant that it will be in your head oh, or on yeah. in your head. Yeah, that's what God had in mind there. Yeah, when he wrote it with his finger. So the KGB is not perfect. <laughs> did, you, did you let her know that close. King James was actually gay? If no, you I, I, that, you I really need to throw had that, that in at the her arsenal. At some point. 
Um, <laughs> but, just save that for a later date. I'm at a point in my relationship with my parents where I just keep quiet and just let them yep. say what they're going to say. Probably okay, so, so a couple other highlights here. These get yeah. worse. In so, case anybody's yeah. wondering, um, number I'll, we'll go backwards because they get they kind of get they yeah. start they start what you kind of blew yeah. your shot your wad at yeah. the front yeah. on number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, number three, CNN is biased, lying, garbage. Yeah. So I, I will go with garbage. CNN is yeah. kind of garbage. Well, it's all garbage. Yeah. It's all that just, was my, that it's was all my ratings crap. Yeah. Like, CNN is terrible. So they're is all Fox terrible. News, so is yeah. Every day of one of them terrible. enabled Trump. Well, all, so, all of them are, they're trying to sell ads. And yeah, that's they're all they're doing. It's sensational. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're so. all crap. I don't watch any of them. Uh, yeah. uh, number two. Okay. Actually, we got to go number one, then number two, because they relate. Uh, number one, there isn't a race problem in America. Yep, <laughs> man. Yep, it's made up. I mean, like the there, it really isn't true. That's the ability real. to say that is unbelievable. I said that too. Unbelievable. I said that to their faces. Okay, so um, and then number two, <laughs> this this might be the coup de gras right here. This might be the best one. If if there is a race problem, and he put dot dot dot, it's against white people. And then yeah. wait, 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 wait. Quote, there aren't any white scholarships. <laughs> yep. That's Did you let him know that literally every scholarship is a, is white, a white scholarship? scholarship. Yep. Like, yep. Except for the black scholarships. Yep. And there's those black... exist simply because <laughs> of racism. Of racism. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> um, boy, that. Man, that's that take, takes folks. some serious revisionist that, history. That, that's some Alex Jones wow. type that, stuff right there, man. That is a day in the life of <laughs> MJ Basinger at MJ. Wait, wasn't there another one, or was that it? That was, that it. was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, man, that's really something, buddy. Yeah. With the, that, I think the, I comment. I think I commented. <laughs> I'm not sure how you managed to not kill yourself. Kudos on yeah. sticking with it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too late. I just put tonight wow. going to be lit AF. Man, dude. <laughs> yep. So that's that's my day, guys. That's uh, yeah. that's that's good stuff. Let's, with that, let's go into the news feed. Yes, we just now to that. <laughs> my <laughs> God. <laughs> We're going to pretend that our episodes aren't two hours. Wow. <laughs> two hours, nothing. It's going to be longer than that. Yeah. Oh, I need to pull mine up here. That's I'll just said. do one. I was going to do two. I've is got it, two. Is short that what ones. she said? Yeah. Did she? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you mean to go? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, I've, got I've, a- I've committed to the high chew because I know you're going to talk for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So did you did you see the th- on board? This is on board Panda. Owner surprised after taking her cat to a groomer. Did you see this? No. no. Oh yeah. Oh, what? dude, I lost it when <laughs> I, I saw, saw this it picture. yesterday. It's really about the picture. So, uh, Jin uh, Jin, the Persian kitty who recently became victim of the most oh epic, my god, its name is epic Jin Jin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> epic hairdresser mishaps ever. Um, it's a long-haired cat, and their owner, um, it's, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name, it's Chinese, I, I can't pronounce Chinese names, I apologize. Um, they make sure the cat gets shaved every once in a while. Like, you just, it's a long-haired cat, you groom the cat, so there's yeah. not hair everywhere. Um, so they're supposed to have an appointment with the hairdresser, his owner was too busy to take the kitty and asked her friend to drop him off. When she arrived to pick him up, the woman was completely taken aback. Jinjin's hair was cut, away, cut in a way that made him look like he was wearing a, a silly cat mask, so... <laughs> It's pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> it, gets, it gets better the longer you look at it. You're really not. 
it's like a, it's a bald cat with everything, but it's that is pretty shaved. amazing. It, it literally it's just kind of rounded off at the face, and that's like it. That's the only thing it wasn't touched. But you the, know the best part is some groomer looked at that and went nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I just want to say that's like that's probably the <laughs> the best part. The cat looks completely pissed about. Okay, it. so that there was there was some Photoshop stuff that went on too. So there's there's one from. Uh, What's the movie where they, they come through? A poltergeist? <laughs> <laughs> and then wait, look at this one. I don't even, this one really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a cat eating a cat. It's, man, I, oh. we go, we're going to post this. You've got to look yeah. at this because it yeah, is that's, absolutely that's pretty special. We'll post that on Twitter <laughs> at Pastors Podcast for sure. Oh, man. You, you have, like, you've had like a three or four week strand of just visuals. Visual, I know. Uh, what are you going to do? Pieces. I don't care. People can look it up if they want. Yeah. Okay, I do have a good story, though. Um, uh, a 98 year old devastated when a wife passes, her wife passed away. He grieves by baking hundreds of pies for those in need. Oh, I've, so this, I saw that. Yeah, yeah that's okay. awesome. So 98-year-old Leo Kellner from Hastings, Nebraska, lost his wife a couple of years ago um, to, to dementia, uh, to struggles with dementia. Uh, he didn't know what to do with himself, which, I mean, uh, I, who would? Um, he decided to turn to baking to cope with the loss of his loving wife after 72 fucking years of marriage. Wow. Seven, how well, long well, our how grandparents are, are not far from that. Yeah, yeah they are. Um, I need a grief. Bye. <laughs> wow. You just, God, you're a terrible person. <laughs> thanks, thanks for shitting on my God. Story. You're a terrible person. Um, I'm really hankering for a grief pie. So in 2013, this must be an Soaked old story. In his tears. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. my God. You know my my. You know, no, wait, no, wait, 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 we're the bad people. My on this reputation pie. on this is the grumpy asshole on this Good. podcast, and he says shit like that. Good God! The man rediscovered a passion and talent for baking and helping people in need. In 2013, he baked 144 apple pies. Um. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to help an elderly man by buying one grief pie. Your help, your generous donation of $39.99 will help one man overcome his grief. You are the worst person ever. Please send me donations. Oh my God. You are a terrible, terrible human being. Pastor's podcast. Oh man. Can I finish this story? Will you shut up and let me finish this story? That is, you are a bad, bad person. He said, After I lost my wife, I didn't know what to do. So I said, Well, I can bake. So I started baking. Uh, everything I do, I do it with love. That's my secret ingredient is love. Um, and you're shitting on this, you terrible, you <laughs> absolute, you absolute <laughs> ghoul. <laughs> I think we have a new definition for, for the term May <laughs> dick bag. Let me uh, tell you what um, my secret ingredient no, is. No, you shut up. <laughs> I just realized that Michael's about two thirds of the way through an eleven percent alcohol beer. Yeah, that says so. a lot. <laughs> anyway, so he he knew what to do with all the pies he baked. The man reached out to many different organizations. He wanted to connect with families that were going through tough financial times. He also got in touch with funeral homes. Uh, he doesn't just bake pies and cakes. He listens to the stories of many different families and connects with them. He even takes special requests. Wow. Um, he says, "Everybody's my favorite. I love everybody." People that gave me a rough time when things were going hard for me, and I like still Michael. love them. Yeah. 
like shitheads like that. <laughs> I've since made them cakes and pies. I hold no grudge. I've got friends from all over. I've gotten thank you cards from Alaska where they've attended a funeral for which I furnished a cake. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Aside from baking cakes himself, Lou also attends community gatherings with some cake, of course. And he even taught some of the local children his cooking skills so they can spread some delicious love as well. I do it for everybody. That's just the way I am. I try to be happy. I place nobody above me. I place nobody below me. I like everybody and never held a grudge. Wow. Fucking A, man. Like, That's yeah. awesome. Give me more 98-year-old people like that. No kidding. No, just, just more people. anybody. Yeah. yeah. I don't care what, how old they are. That's awesome. But just That's how he dealt with his grief. <clears throat> he just bakes for people, man. That's... That's good, good for stuff. him. That's good stuff. Yep. Despite Michael, that's despite a good story. Michael, that is a wonderful story. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that that Sarah McLaughlin song was aces. <laughs> aces in my book. Nobody's. That's my review. Nobody gives a shit. All right, Brad. What do you got? <laughs> my lord. Uh, Seven thousand bodies from nineteenth-century asylum may be buried under Mississippi University campus. Seven thousand. Seven thousand. That's a lot of dead bodies. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Ole Miss. University of Mississippi. What now? What the fuck now? I was just like, thinking what? of last week with that. Uh, with uh, uh, it's a lot of dead hookers. <laughs> I've never seen so many dead hookers before. Lord knows I have. <laughs> yeah, you missed dirty work last week. Yeah. It's too bad. <clears throat> so, yes, yeah, seven, seven around seven thousand patients from a nineteenth-century mental institution could be buried beneath the Ole Miss campus. Oh man, Medi- medical center campus. Experts first discovered bodies on the site in 2013 when construction of a road revealed 60 coffins. Further work in 2014 revealed there there were around 1,000 coffins. Now, academics on the site are estimating there could be more than 7,000 bodies buried there. Sheesh. There was some shady shit that went because on. Because they've, they've recently man. used ground-penetrating radar to discover that the lines of coffins stretch for... Eight hectares or around twenty acres around the campus. Sheesh. My God, that's a lot of dead people. That is a lot of dead people. Wow. Dude, there was some shady shit that went on in yeah. like asylums. Yeah, yeah, man. Like you went there, you didn't leave. Like, period. I chopped you up, bro. Yeah, there was there was no leaving. You were getting tested with weird electro crap. I wonder, and I wonder if Hillary does that in her therapy sessions. She probably kills people. Weird, just people. weird shit. She's got like buried bodies all over. She's like the property. Canadian psycho psychological. Or psychiatrist Dexter. Well, it was great having Hillary on. <laughs> Never see her again. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of dead bodies. That's really something. Yeah, it is. Seven thousand. We have some mm-hmm. listeners from uh, Mi- Mississippi. So yes, we do. Yeah. It was probably them who did We've it. We got some supporters. So uh, get down to the old Miss campus and start digging, kids. Take, you'll f- you know, take who knows pick. what you'll find? Picks or it didn't happen. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there's picks. Start yeah. digging it. So mm-hmm. no, there's there's already some picks. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, good stuff. I've been saving this. Oh god, this one uh, since November of last year. <laughs> um, so it's really super relevant. It is super relevant. Well, it's it's. It, I knew I could bring it out whenever I needed to, but um, it's one star reviews from uh, Amazon Movie Reviews. Uh, <laughs> really bad one star reviews. So I'm gonna tell you the movie and tell you what the the one star is. They're just they're all one star. So the movie is Sinister which is a, a mm. horror movie. Never the review is by Bill Pepper. Are these are these movies that have actually people have seen? Yes, or? yes, yes. It's, it's from the producer of Paranormal Activity and Insidious. Ah, uh, the one star review says, I pooped my pants. <laughs> uh, Wait, if it's a horror movie, though, wouldn't that be like a five star? Like, nope. If it makes you shit yourself? Uh, here's for Zootopia. Um, I'm sorry, what are we teaching our kids? And uh, that was the title. And it says, 
I'm sorry, what are we teaching our kids? That police corruption is the way to solve tough tough cases? Sorry, no thanks. <laughs> 2001 it's, it's, a, it's a kids movie. <laughs> 2001. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> 2001. Actually, uh, it was from Corey. So. 2001? 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. Um, uh, this is actually a two-star. Is that Kubrick? Stanley yeah. Kubrick? Yep. Stanley Who was Kubrick. it? Kubrick, I think. Which yeah. movie? 2001, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey. yeah, that's Cooper. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paying attention. He hasn't shown up for three goddamn weeks. He's, <laughs> yeah. paying he's already phoned it in. I've phoned it in, yep. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's entitled, Uncomfortable Chairs. Every chair looked uh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so they gave a two-star because every chair looked uncomfortable. Got okay, uh, Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. um, one star. The Abbey isn't even downtown. This show <laughs> makes no sense. Um... This is for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. One star. This is not a musical. <laughs> Man. Gotta be a real fan of musicals to uh <laughs> Wow. How did they expect that to be a musical? Um Civil War Captain America. Ben Affleck have a like a Harvard accent from Harvard. Uh, is Batman. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to do a Boston I am Batman. <laughs> But I can't. It doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking Batman. <laughs> um, fucking Batman. Captain America Civil War. This is a one star. Uh, Batman never shows up. <laughs> All right. uh, Twister. Too many cows. <laughs> Too many cows, not enough Bill Paxton. God damn it. Yep. And Rip. then uh, Deadpool. Uh OMG, rented this and needed to turn it off in three minutes. This movie is not for kids. Uh, no, it's not. And nope. the trailer should have told yeah. you that. Um, I'm not going to read that one. It has an offensive word in it. Really? Uh, yeah, it's about Matt Damon and using an offensive word. This podcast no, it's offensive. No, it's, I find it offensive. Wait. Okay. It's got to be really... Is it the R word? Yeah, it's Okay, the R don't word. use the R yeah, word. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One star. This is for Kill Bill. Um, this has to be Clinton Tarantino's worst movie. Clinton <laughs> Tarantino. <laughs> nice. Um, and then Memento. Um, I don't re- remember buying this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so basically, the people are just trolling. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, and then Mr. Robot, it says, uh, not what I thought it was about. Where's the robot? <laughs> That's a great show, it by is. the way. I'm not it is that. really oh, great. Dude, it is a yeah. mind fuck of the highest yeah. order. Yeah, and it's no. so deep. Yeah. It's so deep. It's one of those shows you have to pay attention I to. I feel like my mind's are. I was telling Mandy, Mandy and I were talking about She's like, I can't wait for the new season. I want some answers. I'm like, you're not going to get No, you're going to get more questions. Uh, like, It's just going to be one of those shows where it's never going to satisfy. I feel like, like I need to rewatch you're it. You're just going to get to the, You're going to wait. Oh, this is going to be the episode where we get the answers on who's what and what's going on, and you're going to get nothing. I'm telling you right now that's like, the way I feel it's like my be. mind's already fucked enough i don't need it's more, like, man it's awesome though it's really really good um i, I do want to read one last one this is about uh the exorcist <laughs> um i don't know why i bought this i should have known better i'm not a particularly religious person but i feel this opens up your brain to accept evil into your heart <laughs> i cooked it in the microwave after i watched it <laughs> <laughs> That seems like a good solution. Oh, man. All right. This is another story. So man allegedly steals steals um, security camera so grandma won't see him masturbate. Ooh. Oh, so that's his reason boy. in West Virginia. Yikes. A burglar. Oh, well, there's a shocker. Suspect in West Virginia. Um, 
was that he didn't want his grandma to, to know he was masturbating. Um, his grandmother accused him of repeatedly breaking into her house through a window and disarming ser- security cameras and a DVR system. When police questioned him, um, he said, you know, that he um, was, as he was charging, he was he was charging his cell phone and started watching porn, uh, and that led to masturbation. And he didn't want his grandma to know. I mm. I don't have anything to say well, about that. Uh, that's, um, <laughs> he didn't destroy the neat. DVR. He allegedly <laughs> just hid it somewhere in his grandma's property. Um, he's he's uh, behind bars in a local jail for ten thousand uh, dollars on for a ten thousand dollar bond. Man, if you're jerking off your grandma's house, like that's that's kind of a problem. I think. Yeah, if you if you literally can't charge your phone without masturbating in your grandma's house, <laughs> yeah, for real, you it's, had a problem. Yeah, like it's, wait, it's but time. Can you not find an outlet that's not in your grandma's house? Yeah, like, seriously. He I'm guessing broke in. I'm guessing that was phone. that was less about his phone and more about the porn that was at his grandma's what's, house. What's the education rank in West Virginia? But of I, the fifty states. I'm guessing it's but not. I, out I there. love that he he was didn't want his grandma to know, but then he told the police. So that, well, honestly, man, I've just really been going through a lot, and <laughs> I really needed to charge my phone, and something just popped up, and something else just popped up. Thank you, Michael, for that. I'm glad you pushed through the end of that. This is a good story. So 115-pound teen catches an 835-pound tuna. Oh. And it's a it's a picture. It's how much? 800. That's a big, that's a big fish, fish man. Those are generally pretty huge. Yeah. Wow. That's a big fish. You know how much that would be worth, does it say? Um, because those things are insanely yeah. expensive. Yeah, tuna. It's a lot of tuna. It is. This it's is not, not the tuna. crap you eat in a can. No. This is like the... This is not crazy expensive sushi <laughs> yeah. grade. Yeah, the bluefin measured at eight, eighty-six inches in girth. Wow, man, that's that, huge. What is Same. that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to do it, I guess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that ends that one. So uh, does it say how much it was worth? Uh, it doesn't say how much it's Man. worth. But that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. I mean, there's there. those will go for tens of thousands of dollars yeah. if it's like a, a really high grade. If they judge it to be a high grade, it's one of the five fish. biggest bluefins uh, caught off of Louisiana, Louisiana according to Marlin yeah, Magazine. Pretty amazing. Um, and I'm going to do one more just because why not? Might as well do four. Um, because, <laughs> you know, the podcast isn't nine hours long already. A man sues a woman uh, for $17.31 uh, after for a movie ticket uh, after a bad date. Texas man is suing a woman who he went on a date for for the price of a movie ticket after he says that she texted throughout the film and left him at the theater. It was for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So. All right. Seems a little petty, buddy. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Just don't go out with her. Uh, in uh, in tuna news, um, <laughs> in 2013, it's not a tuna. <laughs> <in> t- <laughs> Good lord! In 2013, Boy, that's, a, that's a deep joke. There. That is that's a deep. That's uh, kindergarten cop. That's yeah. in the way back machine, yeah. there, buddy. In 2013, Kiyoshi Kimura, the owner of a Japanese sushi mm. restaurant, paid 1.76 million dollars for the first blue bluefin yep. at Sukiya, Sukiyi which weighed 489 pounds. 
Kamura has paid seven hundred thirty-six thousand dollars, a world record price at the time for the first tuna of two thousand twelve. That fish weighed five hundred ninety-three pounds. This is an eight hundred pound fucking tuna. I, I don't know if he sold. I wonder if he sold it. But, or what, but like, though it also be, it depends on the quality of it. Mm-hmm. Like just because it weighs a ton doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean it's got quality. I love that we're like talking about the. We are, of yeah, tuna. yeah. <laughs> I like sushi. Anybody else like sushi? No, I don't. No. I've tried. I, Man, I I've sushi. tried sushi. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't like fish. I ate oh, too much well. fish as a child, and uh, just because we. Uh, your life is the poorer for caught it. Caught fish and would eat it. <laughs> a lot of fish. Let's a lot move, of fish sticks. Move on. Let's move right, on, Michael. Let's go uh, further up, further in. Yeah. All right, here we go. Maybe. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. Take it off mute. There you hey, go. Hey, good job, buddy. Further in. Yeah. All right. Today we have Hillary McBride back on the show. Third time. Woo-hoo. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Ooh. Yeah. Were the other Actually, ones not a charm? No. They were the, great. So I, I told Michael, <laughs> I listened back. To the one, the previous one, which was what a couple months ago, yeah, mm. and like every episode that we do with you, like you go back and listen to it three or four times, and you will find something different every time, like kind of a holy shit moment. Like that's how thick these episodes are, and and I think that's why people request you so much. Like when's Hillary oh, gonna be okay. back on? Yeah, they they are both still uh, highly ranked in our in our like yeah, and oh. how many downloads we've got. So they're very popular. So okay. Hillary McBride, she's kind of a big deal. We're going to do an introduction. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> she is a therapist, a researcher, a speaker, and a writer. Um, she has a PhD. Oh, she is nope, a PhD nope. student. <laughs> PhD student in counseling psychology at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, BC. Is that correct still? You bet. Yep. All right. Um, she, has a, she has a master's in counseling psychology. She has a full-time private practice for counseling psychology in Vancouver. She has a book coming out in late October called Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image, Learning to Love Ourselves as We Are. It's on my wish list. It is available. Oh. It's available for pre-order on Amazon. I pre-ordered it. I haven't yet. I'm going to. It, it's pre-ordered for me. Oh, um, you guys. I can't wait. Um, well, if we, you want we more. Want, we want to learn about our bodies. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I hear uh, they're a wonderland. All right. Wow. Yeah. You just took a nosedive hard. Yeah. Big, for, big shock, I'm sure, for you if you've been on here three times. For more <laughs> info on Hillary, you can go to hillarylmcbride.com and on Twitter, Hillary L. McBride. Um, are there any other places to reach you, like smoke signals or? Uh, I received letters by Pigeon. Nice. Um, uh, American candies are also accepted by mail. <laughs> um, no, you can't. Like, I'm on Instagram and stuff like that. I think nice. Hillary Leanna McBride, something like that. But I feel like that's sufficient. Yeah, it's really, um, it's really enough for just. You, you don't want to be too available. Let's be honest. I'm going to give out my home address. Yes, we actually do that. Unfortunately, sometimes we do <laughs> for beer. Um, it's for it's for beer and for yeah, science. It's, it's for so. beer and science. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Hillary was recently featured 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 on uh, not your pastor's podcast not your pastor's podcast I keep calling it pastor's podcast not your pastor's podcast uh, and the liturgist podcast and she will soon be on the twisted sisters podcast I believe Mm, that's true so this is your third time on our podcast Uh, on episode 46 we talked about sex and spirituality in episode 54 we talked about trauma and spirituality but today we are doing a Q&A um, yeah. about sex. 
So uh, so excited. I feel, oh. like, I feel like we dropped the ball and should have done this on the 69th episode. We should have. Oh. Because we really don't have a plan for that. <laughs> we'll figure out the 69th. We one, could do like a special fellatio episode. All fellatio questions. Uh, but you have to call it that. The special fellatio episode. Fellatio episode. <laughs> All questions today came from supporters on Patreon inside our Pastors Pub on Facebook. So, yeah, I, I love that. So, so you were on, I think, not your Pastors podcast last week or late last week, and then mm-hmm. you were on uh, the Liturgist this week. Yeah. So you went from like classy <laughs> to like the NPR of progressive Christianity <laughs> to oh, now back nice. to the Howard Stern of 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 progressive Christianity podcasts. You know what? Um, I don't know what to say. You've made a huge uh, mistake. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Really she's, like, she like moves up in the world and she's like, well, I guess I'll slum with these guys for a no, while too. So. It's, it's pretty cool. Like that we've, we've done this a few times and, and the listeners of your podcast have been so supportive of my work. And actually there was a few people who, who recommended me to the liturgist crew and so i don't know i feel i have this loyalty to you guys and to your listeners and i feel like such a cool community um the pub's been really cool to be a part of and see what kind of stuff goes on in there so uh i don't know i'm i don't think i'm going anywhere anytime soon we appreciate we appreciate yeah we'll have you on a thousand times we're we're good with that (laughs) so you're the you're the the first um female uh third timer Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only two other people that have been on here three times, and that's Brandon Andrus and Lucas Allen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. that's true. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm happy to join the ranks. <laughs> Sweet. Exciting. Yep. Uh, um, okay, so let's jump into questions, 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 yep. questions. Um, first one is um, how do we, non religious and Christian, um, balance the yes, girl? Live your life and do you with respect your body and not sleep with anyone and everyone. Any thoughts to start us off? Well, like I remember I the next question is actually my question. It's kind of along those lines. And I think we asked this in the first episode, kind of what mm-hmm. the, what is a balanced what does a balanced sexual ethic look like? I mean, mm-hmm. on the one hand you've got the do whoever, whenever, whatever you want. And then on the other hand, you've got the Fundamentalist saying, "Don't touch anybody. You're dirty if you do." Um, right? Yeah. You know what? What? What's the balance there? Because I, I, I think the answer always kind of lies between two extremes. Yeah. And I, 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 I honestly don't have an answer. I, I don't really mm-hmm. know. And I've got a 14 year old son that I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to communicate this kind of thing to him without saying, "Hey, it's dirty." Yeah. At the same time, but also you don't need to be. <laughs> laying seed everywhere you possibly can like you know what i'm saying i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah so i, I well, don't i'm looking for advice here <laughs> okay fair enough yeah i when i was thinking about this question i kept coming back to the idea of like do you love them do you feel safe with them do right. they take care of you um do they respect your body um are you interested in them do you feel do you feel like you're giving of your body and yourself and you're receiving freely and there's some sort of um equitable relationship there. I mean, my resistance with this question is like, I feel like it would be so unhealthy to say it looks like this inside a very specific box, because there's always going to be some exception where like, even within marriage, um, there can be really unhealthy sexual ethic where somebody's taking advantage of somebody else or 
They're using sex for power to punish someone else by, by not engaging in sexual activity when, when they actually really want to, but they're just trying to, you know, give someone the cold shoulder or they're using it to communicate, um, when they could be using other things to communicate. So I feel like it's such an individual situation or dilemma where every person has to say like, who's the one who's authoring my sexual narrative here? Is it culture? Uh, is it pressure? And, and with culture, I could say like your faith culture, your, um, your, the secular, secular culture. And is that in some way eclipsing what you believe is healthy for you? Yeah. So I think coming back to, um, thinking critically about our sexuality is going to be ultimately what takes us the furthest instead of me or you or somebody else prescribing like do these things and don't do these things and you'll be okay like i think sexuality is more complex than that yeah I think but so ultimately too. like what's pretty crazy is that every time we have an orgasm with somebody our brain neurologically bonds us to them that's yes. one of the functions of oxytocin so the hormone that's released when you're climaxing is also the same hormone that's released when someone's breastfeeding or during labor um, or when you're cuddling with someone. These are hormones that are designed to say, you know, when you're with this person, um, you, you're you safe and right. trust yeah. them, which can, again, make it really, really messy if you start having sex with somebody who is or like engaging sexually with someone who doesn't doesn't treat you well because your brain kind of gets confused about like if it's if they're safe or not. Right. So. I think it's really important to, to ask yourself, like, do you want to be bonded to this person? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, really, that's a really good answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, just to, 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 cause I want to just hear your answer to this. Um, yeah. um so <laughs> sex, <laughs> casual sex without some sort of attachment in your mind uh-huh. or expertise would be, uh, not beneficial. Is that or would you, um, or would you go even further than non not beneficial? I would start to ask, like, um, are who who's using who? Mm-hmm. Is someone using someone? Um, does it feel really exciting to have an adventurous experience with somebody and then not have to actually have continuity in the relationship with them? Like, is there something? I would start to wonder, like. Are you running from something right. if this is kind of this pervasive pattern in your life? But I also think that, that again, the, the church has really corrupted our version of sexuality in yeah. which our fear of being sexually impure almost becomes more valuable than our fear of God or understanding of like God and God's grace, um, if that's even something that you ascribe to. Yeah. So my, my thinking is that like we – Never would we say about any one person, I mean, maybe some really, some people who've done some really, really, really awful stuff, but like never is their worth or their value defined by one thing that they've done or one thing they've done a few times with somebody. Um, So I think it's, I don't know, it's not my personal preference. And when, when I've worked with people who have kind of this, um, you know, lots of sleeping with people who they don't really know and kind of um, really interested in having these kind of intense sexual encounters, but not um, no relationship behind it. I'm always curious about like if they're using someone to get their own either emotional or sexual needs met and um, if that's, if it's covering up something, um, but that might be a, a perspective that, that feels unfair to some people. So 
I think what I would really do is like take it on a case by case basis, but certainly not my preference for behavior. I think the more I learn about interpersonal neurobiology, the harder it is for me to think of that as being a healthy thing. Yeah. Um, And, and, and I think, I think you said, I mean, I think you hit on the head talking about, you know, the chemical reaction that can bond you to that person like that, like that's, you know, the way it was always communicated to us in high school was like, you're giving a piece of yourself to this person. Mm -hmm. And and I don't, I don't like that language, but in some senses, that's sort of true. I mean, you really are bonding chemically to that person. And, and I mean, can you really, can you really even unbond that? I mean, mean, that's kind of a weird question on how to really ask it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to ask? Like, can you undo what's been done? Like, yeah. And I think like, um, you, you could do, what's another way of saying this? Okay. So let's just say you make a bond with somebody. Mm-hmm. This is all kind of like hypothetical language sure. for a very complex, like yeah. neurological right, process, yeah. but like you could form a stronger bond with somebody else. And so right. that bond, I don't know if it would necessarily go away. There's a, there is a neurological process called synaptic pruning in which, you know, parts neurological pathways and associations between things uh, die out over time if we don't practice them. Uh, but I think it's, it's more, um, when there's a sexual component to it, those are pretty hardwired into our brain and things can get associated quickly. And so it's not unusual for people then who are having sex with someone later because of how we store intense memories that do really kind of intense things in our bodies related to the, the neurophysiology of climax and sex and, intimacy and whatnot it's not unusual for people to while they're having sex with someone to have old images or old thoughts of somebody else pop up and so I think um I mean if I'm if I'm going to be sleeping with someone once I don't know if I necessarily want that to be hanging around if they're not quality enough that I actually want to lay down some roots with them sure like but again I it's hard for me to say how much of my read on interpersonal neurobiology is bias based on my faith perspective right, and this right, right. that like sexuality is a sacred thing. So I think of sexuality as a sacred thing and anything that I think of as sacred, I don't generally want to give away without thinking about it very much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's some people who take sexuality as a kind of from a biomedical model. It's just a physiological process and it's an, you know, an evolutionary process and they would probably think differently about this. But my thought is that it's it's an important part of our existence, kind of like taking um, telling people our secrets. Right. Like we want to choose carefully who we tell our secrets to because that leaves us open to um, kind of being hurt by people. And sure. I think you still need to do it. Like I think still it's important to be vulnerable because it gives you this really incredible, rich and meaningful life. But I don't think you go to the grocery store and tell the person at the checkout your secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a question? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I, one of the questions, so there are, there are a ton of questions. We're not going to be able to get to all of them, unfortunately, yeah. but they're just yeah. pages and pages. It's an excuse of to have her back on later on. Yes. <laughs> More reason to have you back on. Um, For the show episode and then the, the following, <laughs> the, the cunnilingus episode. <laughs> episode 169. No? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's happening. <laughs> um, and this is like, as, as a parent, I'm curious about this. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to put a little perspective too. I just watched the movie okay. um, Split. Have you seen the movie Split yet? 
not. No. It's 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 pretty interesting. But but one of the one of the and this isn't really a spoiler, but one of the um the parts of that movie is there's a young girl who is um who is sexually abused. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think there's that brings an element to just the normal element of this question. But how young is too young to to teach your kids about sex, um, mm. or is all age appropriate? Because there's the one side of letting them know kind of what it is, um, but mm-hmm. then number two, uh, m- making it so that they're not abused or in an abusive situation. Yeah. Yeah, so you're acting, you're asking that question from a few different perspectives. I like that. Um, I think, I think we start too late. I'll start with that comment. And I think that, um, I think that's a fear driven choice. Uh, parents often don't know what to say or how to say it or are hoping that they're going to say it at the right time and that there is going to be a right time. And so they wait and then somebody else teaches their kids about sex or teaches their kids about their bodies in a way that creates a really, potentially skewed or unhealthy body self, body sex, sex, other narratives. So my thinking is that you start really young. Um, In fact, maybe younger than, than we might actually think about. So when kids start noticing the difference between, um, you know, their parents' genitals and when they start touching themselves, um, an example of this would be, you know, your little boy's in the bath and he's uh, playing with his penis and, you can see him kind of enjoying it and he might even, he might even feel like he's caught. Like if you see him or maybe he's not, then that's a great, great time to say, wow, that feels really good. Doesn't it? Yeah, totally. It's really, you know, in, in a, you know, a two year old or three year old way, isn't it cool? Our bodies make us feel good. And even just to start with a really non-shaming way of acknowledging that there's something distinct and special happening there. And then to start the conversation about, you know, one, one day, like somebody is going to help you feel really good in that way. And isn't that going to be exciting to share that with somebody? And those are, you know, it's, it's fine to touch yourself, but we do that in private because, you know, this is something that's very special and we keep it um, just for you. And, you know, only people who touch the private parts of your body are you and anybody that you give permission to. And right now that's just you and mom and dad or, you know, your parents, and then starting as they age to say, to say things like, okay, we're going to close the bathroom door now to give you some privacy. And those are your body boundaries. Um, you know, when you're asked, when you're washing them in the bathroom, when they start to become aware of their genitals saying things like, is it, I'm going to touch you here. Is this okay now? Um, because people should always ask when they're touching, uh, we're never just going to assume. So when they're starting to get old enough to know that their body is their own, uh, having those conversations, I think, is a really good time to start that. And then they might even walk in um, or hear parents having sex. And that's a great time to say, oh, mom and dad are just, you know, they're being really loving with each other right now. And we're going to be really private and close the door because this is special between just just your parents. And, um, and so we'll talk about it later. And then talking about it later if they want to. But really normalizing like, oh, that's just what, you know, what parents do when they're feeling really loving to each, towards each other. But it's just, it's just for this, you know, it's very special just between us. And so we keep the door closed when that happens. And that's the same as you, you know, if, if you 
if you're touching yourself, we don't do it in public because it's really, um, it's a very special thing. And that was, that was kind of my idea because so yeah. I, I have a little bit of experience with having a, a, a three-year-old son who, there you who go. Yeah. does like to walk around naked pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's awkward for me just because how I grew up just, I'm not mm-hmm. used to, you know, kids just running around naked, but yeah. he is, that's he, what he, he wants to do. Um, mm-hmm. but then when, when he, plays with it um it's uh like telling him like explaining that appropriate time i guess is hard Mm. for him to understand when the appropriate time to do that is i think he understands the nudity part like he does that mainly at home and we'll dress him three (laughs) four five times so he understands it's not okay to go to grandma's house and and, and get naked so that's good um but the the um, there can be times and, and, uh, where, uh, it's just as a little bit much. Yeah. <laughs> At least for me. Is that, is that a situation where I just need to leave the room? Matt's wow. laughing. Yeah. Matt's laughing. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Like how, I think what, what I'm hearing you say is like, how do I handle this in a way that's not shaming and also, yeah, I don't, I don't want to sexuality. Sh- absolutely. And, yeah. And so I think just like, how would you have that conversation if he was like, he was going to go pee in the middle of the kitchen or in the I've sink. I've had or that conversation too. Yeah. <laughs> and you say that's not something that we, that's not something we do here. If you want to do that, that's fine. But you know, this is a place where everybody keeps their clothes on and, or this is a place where we, if we're going to touch our privates, we do that in the, in the bathroom or in the bedroom, somewhere where there aren't other people around. And if that's confusing, let's talk about it. But generally the mistake that parents make is that they don't talk frequently enough and they talk too late. Mm, yeah. So what we see, this is particularly um, problematic because in reports of, uh, gosh, what is it? In reports of, of adults who, who describe how their parents talk to them about sex, it was inadequate and too late and not enough. But when you ask parents about their reports about how they talked with their kids, they said, you know how we had this great sit down. I explained everything to them. I got them the book and it was all kosher. And so the kids, their experience <coughs> of that conversation does not match at all what the adults are trying to do and how they think it goes. So generally, like with with anything, including I would say I love yous and these are your rights as a person and here's what I appreciate ab- about you, we say things that are meaningful once and they're often so hard and so stressful for us to say that we tend to not say them as much as we need to, but they don't always get through in the way to the other person that they feel to us. And so with important conversations, it's I would say err on the side of caution of having them lots, having them all, you know, yeah. all the time, making something normal and don't wait for the kid's graduation to tell them that you love them and they're proud of them. Don't wait for the kid to be 14 and like you find a backpack full of condoms to start saying like, <laughs> oh, we should probably talk about sex. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I, I grew up in a, in a environment that it was just like, it was just no, it was very much shaming, um, yeah. of just like shutting it down. Any kind of like, um, sexuality or any kind of, any right. kind of free experience. It was just like, no, no, right. we don't do that. And so I try to be, <clears throat> provide an open environment for my children to do and say what they say, uh, what they think, mm-hmm. not just like, um, I, I mean, it's weird to talk about a kid's sexuality at, at three, but you know, you know, let them be free and, 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 and uh, do what they, uh, what they want to do and not and yeah. talking about emotions too. You know, I try to be, yeah. uh, give them their space too. And, 
You know, there are times when it's not okay to grab your kid and give them and force them to give you a kiss. So I, I try right. not to 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 do that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a a great point. Like now we have literature coming out saying how important it is to say to your kids, like, you don't have to hug anybody. You don't have to hug grandma if you don't want to. And, and here are the, here are the reasons why we hug. And if somebody wants to hug you and you don't want to, you can say, how about a handshake or let's do a high five instead. So that kids learn really early that they have autonomy over their bodies and that they never have to do something out of guilt. This tends to be, of course, like something that women struggle with more often because of how women are socialized in terms of feeling about their bodies and using their bodies as a tool for getting a sense of closeness with somebody else and feeling valuable in relationships and whatnot. But I think all, all people need to know that. And you could even practice that in your families saying things like, Oh, you know, mom doesn't want to hug right now. Um, how about a handshake? And you know, I know that might be hard for you. And you know, what, why don't we give a hug later or saying to them like, would you like a hug and getting them to practice saying no and then saying, Oh, thanks for telling me, you know, really affirming how we really value when you assert yourself. And when you say no to something that, that is something that's rewarded in our family and is always going to be respected. I'm also having a hard time with explaining that. <laughs> I know this isn't my it's session. Like a Michael's therapy this isn't session. My session, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, um, explaining that to my parents. I mean, they're in their late sixties and seventies. They don't understand that. Like it's not, it's totally countercultural to what they grew up and what I was even raised in. And for, to have that, that conversation of Mm. we're going to let our children have their boundaries and we're not going to force them to go and give everyone a kiss whenever it's gone. But before they leave, they think I'm either a terrible parent or my child is a brat. And, yeah. it's, and it's hard to explain that to them that, that we're trying to teach them good boundaries yeah. and being so able this to is, say no. This is when we get to the portion of the episode where I give you some like manipulation tactics. Okay, um, let's hear it. You nice. cue the special music. No, just <laughs> <laughs> special manipulation theme music. I don't know what that would be, but uh, we'll, I'll work on it. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be good for the next episode, uh, for the fellatio episode. The <laughs> music will be fantastic. Um, I think... When you, whenever you're trying to get somebody support, it's always go, or get them to change behavior. It's always going to be more successful if you approach it from like, how can we work as a team together? How can we join? And how can you and I support our kids' development? And we really need you, and you're such an important part of their lives. And we're trying to teach them some healthy boundaries about, yeah, about their bodies, so that they never feel like if you know any God forbid anyone was ever to try and touch them, that they would know really clearly that they're allowed to say no and that it's not their fault. So we want your help in teaching our kids that, and it's going to be kind of weird because I know it's not how we were raised. But could you help us with that? That would be so important. And and I think what will happen is it'll feel really meaningful then when they give you a a hug or a kiss at the end sure. because you know that they're doing it because they really want to, not because they feel like they have to. So yeah. this is a way to help us actually like feel close as a family. But man, we need your help. Like You're such an important part in helping them learn these lessons and keeping them safe. Very cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. Thank you, Thank you for, for helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> can we move on now, Michael? Yes, Are you we, done we getting therapy now? <laughs> I do have more questions, but I'll, I'll, I'll reserve them for the next episode. <laughs> You used to travel to Vancouver for a couple weeks and get some therapy. Okay. Uh, Okay. So let's, let's try another question here. Um, Let me think. 
Okay, this is an interesting one. What are some healthy ways to increase desire in a marriage that has gone cold, quote unquote? Yeah. So, I mean, what what do you think? What do you think about that? Like off the top of your head? Well, I'm guessing and- if it's gone cold, <clears throat> that there there are some other uh, extenuating mm-hmm. circumstances involved there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the <clears throat> excuse me when you know when we went through our marriage classes and all that stuff in college and. Um, with a very you know, evangelical bent to them, you know, it was always, especially for guys, it was like, you know, if you do these things, if you do the dishes and you do this and you do this and your wife's going to be hot for you, um, right. which I, right. that's manipulative and, and garbage. And I don't, I don't buy into that. I mean, mm-hmm. you should be doing that stuff anyway, but, um, <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is to that as far as like, mm. I mean, if you're not treating your spouse, your significant other as a human being, then I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure where there is to go at that yeah. point. And that, yeah. that seems to be the first step. Like if you, if you've gotten to the point where they're nothing more than sort of an object to you and nothing more than a, a means to an end and not mm-hmm. even just sexually, but just in, in general, um, I'm not sure where there is to go at that point. Yeah. You address something really important though, that like it might be the, the canary in the coal mine of, yeah, right. of other issues. Like when there's challenges with sex, we know, okay, there's something going on here. And, and it's not unusual for there to have been issues for a really, really long time, right. like resentment that builds up. And so um, if I'm talking about like a particular, uh, like a heterosexual marriage, like she's, you know, she feels disrespected and distant and like her needs aren't valued. Um, so she feels like she doesn't really want to put the energy in. It feels like really kind of violating to be intimate with somebody where she doesn't feel cared for. He feels like he can't emotionally connect because they're not having sex because he can't emotionally connect, they feel further away. And there's this, this spiral that often happens in heterosexual relationships where, you know, for men, often sex is a way to increase intimacy. Um, and for women, sex comes from feeling intimate and wanting to be more intimate. Uh And so I often find that couples, when I'm doing sex therapy, will say, well, who, who come, who like, who, who shifts first? Because I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to have sex again, willing as opposed to like something that I, I want to cultivate in my marriage, but I'm, I'm willing to have sex, but he's got an X, Y, Z first. Right. Or he'll say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be close emotionally, but she's got to have sex with me first. Uh, and so they become these like standoff positions where everyone's saying, okay, like you jump first. And if you really jump, then I'll jump. And it's all this kind of like very conditional, conditional way of looking at intimacy. And it does become about vulnerability and fear. And, and I think at the heart of it, feeling scared to risk in a relationship and to put ourselves out there and to give someone else what we feel like they want without the certainty that we're going to get everything we want back. So we can kind of get it back ourselves into a corner. Right. So with, with a marriage that's gone cold, I think, um, or when there's, there's lacking of passion and intimacy, again, I would start to look at what are some of the things that started to change? When did they change? Uh, what were the issues around that? How were they handled or not? Uh, what are some of the barriers that come up when people try and make sex, like make sex happen or make it a priority? Do conflicts happen um, or is it just because, you know, there's, there's kids and life is busy and nobody's got enough energy. And so it feels like it's become way lower down on the priority list. Right. 
I would start to kind of do some diagnostics. What are some of the issues that are keeping this pattern in place? And then what I would ask is like, what, how do we revive the closeness that you used to have? So when you were close and when things were intimate and when there was passion, what did you do with each other? How did you treat each other? What, you know, who was a priority and in what way? What was life like? Can you move back to creating some of that? So maybe it's like, you know, someone saying, I'm going to try and shower more regularly because then I don't smell like BO when I go to bed and maybe you're going to want to have sex with me. Like, honestly, like maybe it's something as, as simple yeah, as like, Michael. Okay. Ah, sorry. <laughs> it's like we, we need to start treating each other the way that we used to and believe that if we can, if we can start prioritizing our relationship, then then we'll be able to get back to something that we had. Now, if, if you didn't have it, then that's a whole other conversation. So essentially, um, so essentially it's just, it's just communication. It's like, you've just got to talk. I mean, like that's where well, it has, that's, that's where it has to even begin. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, it, like there's acknowledgement that there's actually a problem here because one person may be <laughs> saying, Oh yeah, there's definitely a problem. The other person's like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. Or it's too scary to talk about it because right. it's such a loaded issue that you're just going to fight. And so often I'm going to give if it hasn't even been talked about for one partner to say to the other person I, I'm feeling really like I'm missing you and we used to have a lot of closeness and sex was a really important part of that for me and I, I never want you to feel like um, like you're only lovable to me if we have sex that's not what this is about but like there are some really cool things that we experienced together and I'm missing that and I'm scared to talk about it and I'm worried that you're going to get upset or push me away or I'm worried that I'm going to disappoint you or whatever. And and these are my fears. And can we just talk about talking about sex before we even get into, okay, when are we going to get the babysitter and what's going to happen? Like, can we, (laughs) can we actually just acknowledge that there's some space between us and that feels painful for me? Not because I'm not getting what I need and you know, you're so selfish, but I, I loved what we had and I feel sad when I don't have that closeness with you. It gives me like a spark. It gives me a sense of vitality. It makes me feel like I'm not alone in this world. And like, I have something that no matter what happens in life, I can always come back to and get recharged from. And nobody does that for me, but you. And I want that with you again. Nice. That's that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) The other part of this, just like, get a transcript of that. Everybody audio <laughs> record it in their own voice, send the voice message to their partner. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, the other piece about this is Esther Perel. She's a, a sex researcher and sex therapist and couples therapist who does a lot of work in the area of rekindling desire. And what she has done in her research has looked at how the competing needs of, or there, there are competing needs between long-term security in a relationship and the passion and fire of something new and exciting and how she has a really funny quote about this she often says like how is it that sex makes babies but babies do not make sex like it's not <laughs> the other way around it's like a one 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 way street and so she says that in long-term relationships what happens is that we get really comfortable with each other and we stop interacting and behaving in a way that's adventurous and exploratory and has some novelty associated with it So that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, things are cold, like go to the sex toy store and get the biggest vibrating cock ring that you can. (laughs) (laughs) Done. (laughs) (laughs) What this means is saying like, can we, 
I'll give you a second for a breather. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've learned. You know as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a deep breath. We'll get through this. It means, can you learn to see your partner in a way that allows you to step out of the position that you've been habituated in, where you just see the normal and the everyday from the stance that you always have? So she talks about, Esther Perel in her works, talks about what it's like when you see your partner kind of doing something that they're really passionate about when they're in flow and they're excelling and how you get to step back and see them as as everybody else sees them as this really exceptional human being who has talents and qualities and vitality that, that you sometimes forget about when you're like, can you do the dishes? Or like, why, why is the laundry still wet or whatever? We forget like, whoa, this is a, a unique individual who is doing something really cool here on this planet. And I want to learn more about that. What I often have couples do when I'm doing work of this nature with them is to say like, when was the last time you asked each other questions that you asked when you first started dating? Because we forget that people change and grow through life. And so we ask all these questions to get to know someone and then we assume that they're the same person and we never continue, we stop continuing to discover them as they are continuing to evolve. So ask questions like what's your favorite movie now? What song has been stuck in your head lately? What are you reading? How does that affect you? What, what are you learning in your life? What's, What's a struggle right now? How do you how do you need me to support you in that struggle? Where do you want to go uh, if we could plan, you know, a trip anywhere in the world and like dreaming together and cultivating newness. And then again, when we bring this back to the interpersonal neurobiology piece, doing something innovative together will create this new kind of chemical rush that helps the two of you feel like some spark has come back. So do something that makes both of you uncomfortable, not like dangerous necessarily but if you've both wanted to go try a you know a yoga class or one of you has do it together and then like go out for a drink after and see like whoa what was that like we've never done a yoga class together you've never done one at all what did it feel like and do new things together doing new things takes innovation and energy and creativity and it's so easy to go to the same restaurant and just turn netflix on mm -hmm. just kind of lay next to each other and roll over and read your book and then turn the light out like make make discovering each other a priority again. Does it does it feel like she's talking to the three of us? <laughs> it feels, Maybe it feels like that. <laughs> Maybe that's a you know that's an interesting thing to say because I think there's something very human about this. Like yeah. I'm talking about something that I say to so many people, right. and they're yeah. they're all saying like, "Oh my god, I needed to hear that." So there's something just so normative about how being in long term relationships. And how the stuff in life just piles up between us. Mm -hmm. How that, how that just happens. Well, you get you get in a rut. I mean, like the just especially when you start having kids and stuff. Like just yeah. the day in day out, it's just it's just routine. Get through the day. What do yeah. we have to do to get through the day? What's coming up? What's doing this? You just yeah. lose sight yeah. of all of that. I mean, I mean, we Brad's here, by the way. Yeah. Hey, Brad. Hey, Hillary. Brad. So I have a question. What is sex, and when will I have it? <laughs> <laughs> And you're done. Thanks for coming. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, though, is, I mean, it is kind of to follow up on what you said, Matt. You know, I mean, like, for instance, I'm late tonight because we had two things, other things yeah. besides this tonight with kids. Um, we had three things last night mm -hmm. with kids. I mean, literally, we're meeting each other coming and going. Mm -hmm. And it, man, 
and it just right now that's the season we're in and it's a very difficult yeah. thing to be like what adventure should we go on because like the kids go to bed and it's just like shit let's go to bed like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah and it's not it's, to say you know i mean i won't share too much but <laughs> a fine sex life but yeah but you know it, t- it does take an effort on that like you, mm-hmm. it's not just uh you know especially when you've got young kids and you've got busy schedules on top of mm-hmm. young kids you know, it is really easy. Like you really do have to work because yeah. if you don't, you literally will just go, well, I guess it's just time to go to bed. Like yeah. I'm going to go read a book and then you're yeah. asleep in five minutes and yeah. up the next day to do the rat race again. Well, I want to say too that I think it's kind of like depression where when people are really depressed and we say like, okay, we have statistical you know, empirically valid research that says if you go exercise and you do it a few times a week for a few weeks, like your brain will do something different. And people say, yeah, but when I'm lying in bed, it just thinks, it just feels so hard to imagine going to the gym, mm-hmm. even if, even if I know it's going to make me feel better. And so sometimes we need to do some scaffolding and like, okay, how can we support ourselves to just change things enough? Like maybe we get a babysitter so that we can nap during the day so that we have more energy or we get a cleaner or we, you know, trade babysitting with a friend so that they, they have our kids one night. We don't have to worry about the money issue. Like it's not about, doesn't have to be about money. But I think often what happens is people, they have a hard time getting over the hump initially of, okay, but how do I make that change? But when they do, they're always so glad that they did. And so if you can have what's called prospective hindsight, it's just a fancy word for saying, what will you be glad later that you did now Mm. in the future? When you're thinking about this moment, what will you have wished that you did? And I don't think in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's a Wednesday night. It's fine if you go to bed tonight. But if that's every single night for the rest of your lives, like when is the pattern going to shift towards closeness? And that's always going to take energy and risk and vulnerability and discomfort just to turn the corner towards intimacy. And truthfully, the longer it's been, the harder it is. Nice. So we have some questions we definitely want to hit, but I have one that I think is is interesting from the side of... Uh, it's just, it's kind of different. I think we could actually do a whole episode on this topic and mm-hmm. we probably should, we should write that down. We should plan this out. Um, but, <laughs> but we probably won't. Yeah. No, we, no, we that's should. Definitely, <laughs> that's definitely not on brand yes. for us. Um, but, uh, <laughs> can the brain be retrained after porn addiction? And I think we could do a whole episode on porn. Yeah, I, I'm sure yeah. we could. Um, do we want, do we want to save it? I, I think we can have a short answer. I mean, okay. well, that's maybe. fine. But do you want to save that one? What do you want One to do? sentence. Once I'll just say yes, I can. Okay. Is that enough? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Next yeah. question. Very we, scientific. We need to yeah. have you back on for for, for okay. a porn episode. Yeah. Because yeah. you well, I think when you talked to the Not Your Pastors guys, you talked a little bit about porn, didn't you? I, did. I haven't listened yeah. to it yet, but I know that's in the title. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. Um, how about uh, let's do this one. Uh for the for the ladies in the uh, in our audience. Um is it true that 10% of women don't have the ability to climax through orgasm? If so, what does that mean for the mental connection people are supposed to gain through intimacy if it doesn't result in a climax for both? Mm-hmm. So what I would say is that that might be an issue that we would consider that fits into the range of sexual dysfunction, mm-hmm. that the rates vary about whether that's something that's stable over time or if that changes between partners. So we have different numbers about, um, you know, 
how, how, um, some women are able to orgasm with certain partners, but they're not with another partner or they're not able to after sexual abuse or after like a vaginal trauma, you know, some sort of surgery that happened or an issue of some sort. Uh, but I think what, what is also underneath this question is a fundamental, not the question asker, but our assumptions about female sexuality and orgasm is that there's a fundamental misunderstanding about female sexuality and female sexual desire and arousal. And there are all sorts of, um, Oh gosh, I should just, we should do a whole other podcast on this about, um, (laughs) female sexual response and how our understanding of female sexual response historically was based on masters and Johnson's model of female sexual or of, of human sexual response, but they actually primarily used young men for their studies And so further research that was done about female sexual response showed that it was a completely different model of response. So instead of a four-stage model of uh, excitation or arousal, plateau, climax, and then refractory period, that for women, there is, it's considered a biopsychosocial model. So all of the environmental stuff, all of the relational stuff, uh, physiological pain issues, um, conflict in the relationship, how a woman feels about her body. If a kid walks into the room, it's not this linear four stage model. It's all of these messy things, throw them in a bag, shake them up. And it's really like person place day specific, how she's going to sexually respond as opposed to what we know in from research is that for the most part, if, if a man gets an erection and he's into the, like he's past the plateau phase, like nothing is going to stop that climax from coming. Whereas for women, we know that that's not the case, that she can move through orgasm back to arousal into kind of this space where she doesn't want anyone to touch her at all, right back to orgasm, 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 nothing, nothing for years. I mean, it's this, this, all sorts of stuff. The other piece is that there's a very specific nerve uh, connected to the spinal cord and to the brain in in women that is different in every single female body. And generally, it has four different offshoots. So into near the cervix, into the clitoris, into the perineum, and into the anus. And all four of those, those branches show up differently, and the nerve branches show up in different kind of clusters and clumps in different women. Whereas typically all of the nerve endings in men run, there is some kind of near the prostate and, and in the testicles, but mostly to the head of the penis. But the, the way that men typically get aroused, it's, there tends to be a little bit more um, certainty or stability to that. Whereas for women, some women might have been trying to have a vaginal or a clitoral orgasm their entire life and feel like they're a failure and they can't, but they haven't actually realized that their body is wired a little bit differently and that when a certain part of the perineum and the opening of their anus is stimulated uh, consecutively, that that would result in like a really intense and powerful orgasm. So all of this to say that we have these very uh, rigid definitions of female sexuality and female sexual response that are outdated. And unfortunately, most people um, don't have a really adequate understanding of how female sexual response is different and how complex it is and all of the different factors that go into resulting in a, what we would call a, success, a successful sexual experience, which, again, does not always equal orgasm. Um, 
but there's so much out there. Um, one really good book on this topic, just because it provides, um, like a very accessible introduction to the, kind of the neurological components of female sexual response is a book called Vagina by Naomi Wolf. And it's, uh, it's not a medical textbook. It's her biography of rediscovering her sexuality as a feminist kind of as she's, she's aging, but she speaks to people from different, different disciplines and spiritual backgrounds to talk about sexuality and present some really accessible graphs and charts about where nerving nerve endings run in females body in women's bodies compared to where they run in men's bodies and how that can create both more opportunity and more challenge for female sexual response. Awesome. Well, I feel like I've learned a lot yeah. in that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I add one more thing? Yes, absolutely. That? What was the second part of that question? Uh, it was about what does that mean? If so, what does that mean for the mental connection? If 10% of women aren't able to achieve climax, what does that mean for the mental connection people are supposed to gain through intimacy if it doesn't result in climax for both? Well, I think that our understanding of, of climax, or, or sorry, I'll say our understanding of intimacy has to broaden beyond did somebody orgasm or not. Right. And it has to be... I like, again, um, there's a few sex researchers and therapists, Barry McCarthy and um, Esther Perel talk about this, that sex is a space of play that you enter into, not vaginal penetrative intercourse. Sex is about the, I heard a, I heard a chuckle there. Yeah, no, I was saying, hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like a laughing. I was like, oh, yeah. oh gosh. Maybe um, in your house. <laughs> but there is, there's so much more to sex and intimacy. And like, even what I was saying before about oxytocin bonding us to other people, you can get oxytocin in lots of ways besides right. having an orgasm. And so we need to say, like, just because you didn't have an orgasm doesn't mean that your sexual pleasure do- isn't an interest to me or isn't something I want to keep discovering with you. But for, for people who have trouble climaxing or, you know, even for men with erectile dysfunction issues, often the anxiety about, well, it's, I'm not going to climax or I'm not going to perform for the other person or, you know, they're just going to put all this effort in. It's not going to get them or me anywhere is a very rudimentary understanding of the complexity of sexual intimacy between two people. And I think there's incredible opportunity in those relationships to explore um, sensate touch. So just touching each other and just knowing what feels good and saying the phone is off, the door is closed. Um, and we're just going to be with each other in a space where nothing is going to get in between. Just enjoy what it feels like. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, what, what psychological benefit is there for a bisexual person in a monogamous heterosexual marriage to come out publicly? Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of research about this to figure this out. And it seems like there's limited research about the benefit to, um, to the person. I actually found a little bit of research about the benefit or the, the detriment to the spouse. So again, remember that whenever we're talking about a a marriage relationship, I think for the marriage to be successful for the connection, whether it's, you know, a, a legal marriage or not, if it's just a partner relationship, that when you enter into a relationship like that, you need to say to the other person, I want to do what works for us. And and does this work for us? Or is this something that maybe we need to go to some therapy as a couple about to figure out 
like it feels really important for me to come out, but it's really going to hurt you. So how do we how do we navigate that together so that I feel a sense of freedom and agency and you feel like you're not being marginalized or silenced or devalued? So I don't I want to frame this question in terms of what it does for the partnership, not just what it does for that one sure. person. Awesome. But we have we have some research that says that it's difficult and complicated and that um, that there might be just as much psychological distress as there is gain for both partners, um, that it isn't always the most satisfying thing to do the thing that we feel like we want to because sometimes people don't respond well and sometimes it hurts other people and then they respond to us and it hurts us and then the relationships change. And, and so I would say, like, does it feel, I, I would, if I was working with a couple who was trying to figure out if they were going to, you know, if one person was going to come out publicly, um, of course I think it's, it could be, um, it could be healthy or, or in some cases not depending on the relationship, even just to have that conversation with your partner. And maybe that would be a good place to start. Like, okay, it's enough for you to know that. And we can talk about how that works into our relationship or not. But I would want to question, what is it, what is it that you're hoping will happen when you come out publicly? Are you hoping to destigmatize this? Are you hoping to feel a sense of, um, community with somebody? Are you hoping to, um, kind of open up the sphere of what your sexual behavior in your relationship is like and how does your partner feel about that? Um, are you just kind of wanting to let the cat out of the bag and you didn't when you were younger and so now you feel the sense of urgency but it really is more kind of this impulsive choice? But we have that, some research that shows that it can cause trauma for the partner when, when the one person comes out publicly. So I was just reading a study from 2012 in the Journal of GBTL uh, Family Studies that was saying that that particularly when it was the female partner who came out as being bisexual, that that the the other partner, the the husband, was saying um, was sharing about how difficult it was for him and how he he needed to find new groups of support and new places to talk about that with, um, and that sometimes it involved having intensive professional support, but that ultimately some men found that it did help them grow in their relationship with their partner and did help them feel like they understood themselves better. But again, it looks like it's kind of a crapshoot. It's not like, oh, do this. It's great. Or don't do this. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, there's another study from 2005 in the Journal of Bisexuality that showed that for both members that the process of coming out ended up creating lots of difficulty mm. And some openness and growth, but that it was kind of, again, a mixed bag and really complicated. So for just to follow up to that real quick. So yeah. for guys, like some of the guys, was there, was it an issue? Uh, I mean, it may be a case by case basis. It probably mm -hmm. is, but is there an issue? Was it an issue of, you know, the, the wife comes out or the, the, the female in the relationship comes out as bisexual and the guy somehow yeah. feels sexually inadequate? Cause I'm sure that that would be something mm. that would crop up. Like I can't fulfill her sexually therefore yeah. she has to she feels like this is something i mean i can see whether it's true or not i could see that being sort of the initial reaction for a mm. lot of, for a lot of guys maybe yeah and i feel like that that would be an interesting comparison to hmm other other ways um that news comes out in a relationship about someone's sexual preferences like okay so you're really into this very kind of unique niche 
um, or fringe sexual behavior. Right. Like, is it not enough just to have sex with me? Like, do mm-hmm. we need do we need the contraptions and the other people and the and the costumes and stuff like that? So, I think it it's probably I'm now I'm speculating here, yeah. but it probably has a lot to do with the person's sense of self worth, the partner right. who is getting the news and how they they understand sexuality. Like, if their understanding is like, oh, this is this is something that you've probably been struggling with for a long time and you just never felt safe to talk about it. And now you feel safe with me. Wow. I'm so glad that you can tell me and that we can navigate this together. Uh, but maybe if the person thinks of sexuality as, or sexual orientation as a choice and you know, their partner tells them, they think, Oh my gosh, you were straight. And then you were with me. And now it's a choice to think about wanting to be with somebody else that, that, depending on their angle and their framing of what sexual orientation is, they might take it differently. Sure. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a great answer actually. Um, so do you have time for like one more question and then yeah, we'll get closer to our, um, yeah. is there a statistic or study on the pros and cons of abstinence only programs, which we all grew up in? Um, mm. uh, you know, the whole silver ring thing and the yeah. purity pledges and all that stuff. Is there statistics to show the pros and cons of that? Yeah. Um, basically the consensus is that they don't work. <laughs> and that there's actually no difference between abstinence-based programs and other types of sexual education programs um, in how early and how frequently and uh, kids and teens start having sex and whether they do that without protection or not. We actually have some research that shows that abstinence-only programs are actually worse for people, including uh, increasing their risk of teen pregnancy and getting an STI um, we know that adolescents who receive comprehensive sex education actually have a lower risk of pregnancy than ab- adolescents who receive abstinence only education or no sex education whatsoever. Well, who knew education is yeah. a good thing. People, so we're going to, we're going to forward <laughs> this episode to Mike Pence, right? Is that what we're doing <laughs> there you with go. this? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah. Then the other piece too is like, I was reading some, some theoretical articles critiquing this and it talks about how you know, there's, there's more shame around sexuality when it's not talked about. And there are risks about uh, are risks for people in terms of understanding how sexual function works and not understanding their bodies and not realizing kind of how pregnancy even works or how you get pregnant and um, feeling shame about their bodies and feeling their bodies are different or unusual. And, uh, yeah, generally, like, I love this line that I saw in one study is that this is just a confusion between what religion and science are. And right. religion is is super great about guiding us morally in certain areas. But the science says that when we don't have certain conversations, it actually is more likely to make the thing happen that you don't want to have happen. Yep. So, so, so that's the consensus. Brad still doesn't understand how uh, pregnancy works, so. That's why he has three kids. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> These are studies from 2015 American Journal of Sexuality Education, um, Journal of Adolescent Sexual Health, Journal of Adolescent Health, 2008, 2009. Like this is this is current so stuff. So all over the place. It's just multitudes yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. I seriously like look forward to this episode. Oh, I, yeah, totally. we, we've known for months that you're coming on today, and uh, I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. Wow. Thanks so much, you guys. Such a pleasure.
We, so, have, we have a million other questions too for the next episode. <laughs> the so, next yeah. eight episodes, we're just gonna have it. <laughs> sure. You should just join the podcast weekly. Let's just do that. <laughs> um, she doesn't need that for her reputation. Yeah, I think we can we all would, agree on that. If you really want to soil your reputation, <laughs> um, so thank you so much um, again. I just want to remind everybody, uh, Hillary L McBride dot com on Twitter, Hillary L McBride. Is there anything else you want people to know? Obviously, definitely don't forget to go pre-order her book on Amazon. Again, it's called Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image, Learning to Love Ourselves as We Are. You got it. Yeah, that's it. Anything else you want to promote? I think that's it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, yep, thank you. We definitely need to, to start scheduling your next episode. <laughs> okay. Take care, you <laughs> guys. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Now that we puked in your seat, you can tell us what you think. The five stars get red, but one star is dead to us. Feedback. Feedback. I already said that. I know. I'd say it every time. I, I know. I it. wanted to be true. I got to not say it. I can't not say it. Okay. I got something before we do actual feedback. All right. This is from the pub. So I posted something. I don't remember where I was in the pub. Um, uh, we had a co- I had a comment on it. It okay. said, uh, like a man that knows his mission, he knows he has a few minutes in the day to take respite from it, from it, as if to say, I'm worth it. Best profile pic I've ever seen. This is towards me. It's from Brian Brinkley. So I said, you're my fa- my new favorite turd. Okay. He said, prove it. Claim it on next week's episode. <laughs> I said, challenge accepted. Oh, Brian Brinkley. So, Brian Brinkley, you, sir, are my favorite turd. I don't have favorites because I'm either. a good, good pastor. Oh, I totally do. There's some yeah. people I just fucking hate in the That's pub. why you're That's horror. great. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> it is. At Polly named Matt. It's at Polly named Matt. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> five star reviews. What do we got? Nothing. Aww. Damn it, guys! You really let us down. There was a five star, but no, wah, re- no wah. review. Wah, wah. Somebody sound effect. Come on, we don't have uh, any wah wahs. Oh, we probably do. I don't know. We have a <laughs> you guys. We're not. We're not mad. We're just disappointed, and really, we're hurt. Yeah, no, no five stars. No five star reviews. Yeah. Sorry. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Corrections and clarifications. Tim Brazel. At Tim underscore Brazil said PA has great beards at Victory Beer at Yards Brew, which we've had on oh, the show, yeah, at uh, Trogues Beer, and at Philly Brewing. Yeah, Yards also, is the stuff that Josh brought. That was good uh, stuff. Laws have changed. Six packs can be purchased in grocery stores and craft beer stores. Nice. Yeah, Piggins was saying, you weren't here. Piggins was saying that Pennsylvania has some of the most oh, I know. Yeah, I aggressive yeah. alcohol mm-hmm. laws in the nation. Yeah, I knew that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ian Irving at Batman Villain said, at Pastor's Podcast, it is, I'm a Barbie girl, and come on Barbie, let's go party, not come on Barbie. Oh, oh, oh man. Well. Well. Okay. Well, I'm all grown up now. Um, <laughs> in, at MJ Basinger, you should be ashamed. You don't mess with perfection. That song is solid gold. Inerrant, changing it is as reprehensible. Is, is, has... Represents at reprehensible. You are the Eugene Peterson of the late 90s. <laughs> Pop. Yeah. 
<laughs> Man, that's a that's a deep cut too. I'm sorry, I wounded you, Ian. <laughs> so whenever somebody asks Ian who hurt you, the answer is me. <laughs> sorry, Ian. Uh, uh, Shane Lanning at the Song of the Bow said, uh, "At Pastor's podcast, disappointed me today. We've really disappointed some people. Uh, how do you not know? It's taken us this long to disappoint how, people. How do you not know? Don't dream it, be it." Hashtag Steve Gutenberg Bible. It's from the the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, I've never seen. I've that. never seen it. I've never seen it either, guys. That's that's how white and privileged and yeah. straight we are. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, we need to change that. Keep in mind, we grew up like super conservative yeah. evangelical. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Not that really was literally a conservative evangelical nightmare. Yeah, of a movie. it was. Yeah, I, I need to watch it. Send it. Send it to us, and we'll, and I'll watch it. <laughs> I don't know. If I think you can find it on pretty much anywhere. Netflix. I don't or, have good internet. So send me a. DVD. That's very true. So, um, Thomas Knowles at Knowles underscore TK. Uh, two things. I'm troubled. I'm troubled that you think Coors is better than Yingling. Yingling. Good God, Michael! How do you Yingling. not know how to pronounce Yingling? Have you not heard the commercials? And I, I'm not sure no, about I've that not. either. I think they're pretty even. They're pretty five. If, if I'm honest, yeah. It's all shit beer. I mean, it's it's just like it's just beer. Yingling yeah. is shit beer with a better reputation somehow. Yeah. Like I've got a they twenty four pack Trump, of it at home. They, they they just sold the whole oldest brewery in America yeah. thing, and people are like, oh god. And once again, it's like the only thing coming out of Pennsylvania, and so people, oh, this is great. Yeah. Didn't they support Trump? Yeah, gave money. You know what else came out of Pennsylvania? Independence. <laughs> right. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> No, not that kind of independence. Not that kind of independence. (laughs) Not Will Smith independence. Yeah, come on. Uh, (laughs) That movie sucks. Don't even at me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Independence Day? That's a fun movie. Oh, it's hot dog. Come on. It's really not any good. Tell me you don't want Bill Pullman as your president. What? I take this. I would take our (laughs) Independence Day. I would take a jizz filled sock over the president we have right now. So that saying that I would take Bill Pullman doesn't mean I would make the argument he is a jizz filled (laughs) sock. Do you know a lot of jizz filled socks? (laughs) A few. (laughs) Some of them at this table. (laughs) Indeed. Technically, aren't we all jizz filled socks? (laughs) Just trying to live our lives out. I <laughs> make my way downtown. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to hashtag that. It ain't gonna happen. No, nope, forget it. Just let it go. <laughs> Is my jizz in a sock? <laughs> Is my jizz in a sock? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here's a hashtag for you. Um, oh man. Uh, Ruben Hood at uh, Ruben Hood said, "Monsieur Hood." He says, uh, Robin's brother. Um, guys, <laughs> at Tell Him Steve Dave has two vinyl podcasts. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Zoom. Yeah, we talk about doing podcasts on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> for, for picking so he can listen. Yeah, I heard that. Because he won't listen to it until he does. Uh, he's an elitist dick. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but he's an elitist you dick. And I, I would tell, I've told him that to his face oh, multiple times. Oh, yeah. we've, uh, we've got him scheduled on the podcast again nice. when you're not here. <laughs> you dick. You're going to be on vacation. You're going to be on vacation. And you would schedule it then. We're going to have him, him and Josh Casey, Casey up. Yeah. I hate you guys so much. Well, <laughs> You don't, don't go on vacation? Is no, that what you no, were going to say? I was going to say, commit to this podcast like you should. <laughs> right, right. Hey, Michael, have you ever missed a week? I have not. Have but I, I don't have know. I ever missed could, a week? You could probably do it without me. It's at your house, asshole. Actually, I did miss part of a week. Yeah. Because I was yeah. having apparently a heart attack or something. Yeah. Or apparently something involved in an age. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a great week. Yeah, it was a good week. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Jason Williams at J-Dub four seven four two one said uh, Pickens was channeling his inner Milton from office space. Hashtag I still don't have my ointment. (laughs) All right. We're we're not even into the top 10 yet. Oh my God. Uh, That was all corrections and clarifications. Um, We had a lot of them. Uh, Alternate hashtags. Finally, Zach Crater has come home to his, to his job on this podcast. Yeah, he has one job to do, Crater. Come and on. It's been probably a month since he's done this job. It's the hashtag alternate hashtags. <laughs> what is he, too busy surfing? Yeah. Going to Angels games? Come buying on. Angels hats? Brewing beer and not sending us any? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, Zach. You have two Crater! jobs. <laughs> you have two jobs. Making alternate hashtags. And number two, making beer for us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we do nothing for you in return, but still, <laughs> we will give you literally nothing in return. <laughs> we will come on your podcast if you if you send us beers. Not that you want us on our podcast, but yeah, we'll you've had there. Brian Andros on your podcast. Yeah, Bri- Brian, Brian, Andros. Brian, danger, fucking Andros, <laughs> and you won't have us. Uh, I feel like Brian Andros would actually add something into their podcast, whereas <laughs> we true. would not. Uh, anyway, uh, alternate hashtags. Uh, hashtag Michael's big words. So I love that everyone's like, Michael had a big word. My big word was masturbatory. <laughs> <laughs> that was my big word. There were multiple It's comments. an important contribution. Yeah, it is. Masturbatory. Yeah. All right. Uh, hashtag, I had a stroke at birth, and all I got with this was this stupid podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, Nathan Miller West with some alternate hashtags. Uh, hashtag two hours and 20 minutes. Hashtag, I definitely need a couple of hashtag podcast episodes on vinyl. And where can I get my copy of hashtag Steve Gutenberg Bible? Um, <laughs> maybe send some hashtag smoke signals to Pickens yeah. uh, to get an answer. Yep. Um, Dan Burgess wanted to know when we're going to have Jen Hatmaker, uh, Brandon Hatmaker, and Rachel Held Evans um, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. I yeah. sent a message to Rachel Held Evans and never yeah. heard anything back. Apparently so. she's hard to get a hold of. So if anybody has an in with Rachel Held Evans, yeah. tell her we're looking for her. Yeah. We're looking for you. Let's not say it like Let's that. Let's not though. do that. No. We just want her on the podcast. I think I would be great. love to have her on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's awesome. Yep. Everything that I've we ever... We have a lot of people we're going to try to get here in the next couple months, I think. So We had so many interviews. It was like, we just got to have a we break. We need a break. <laughs> yeah. We turned down several. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, and then, we're just that important. No, we just, <laughs> man, it was a lot, <laughs> it was but a we're, lot. we're getting back in the game. So there it is. Sacred, sacred and profane, uh, said, um, hash actually at Steve Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> um, I did that wrong. Uh, always used to think there was one original Bible in a vault somewhere we could refer to. <laughs> it's in Jesus's vault. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is God breathed. So. <laughs> They were hoping to find that in Al Capone's vault when Geraldo Rivera broke into it. Yeah. Damn it. I had a good joke for God breathed about the, the Bible being in his in his lungs. <laughs> That's the vault. Mm. Apparently your definition of good is different is this than mine. The air, is that the air you breathe, Michael? <laughs> this is the <laughs> God, I played that song. Yeah. I was going to say, I can sit here and rip it now. Sounds desperately like uh We'll always love. Yeah. I think that's what I started to sing. Um I don't even remember how that song goes. Whitney Houston. Yeah, yeah, I know, but the other one. It's a movie where she bangs Kevin Costner. (laughs) 
Is that what happens? I don't know. I've never seen it. Is she not a ghost? Is she a ghost in that movie? No, oh, that's, that's Demi ghost, Moore. You dumbass. That's Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze, you dumb <laughs> shit. What's the one? God, you're the dumbest person I know. <laughs> hey, guess what? Whitney Houston is dead to me. God. Wow. You God. are just a horrible human being. Coming in at number 10, so Cole Patrick, So is Patrick Swayze. Cole, he's dead? Yes. yes. When were you guys going to tell me this? Years ago. <laughs> Wasn't he just in Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh my God! No, no who was that? That's Chris Pratt. You dumb no, shit. No, not the dad. Not Patrick Swayze. Who it's, is it? It's not Patrick. Swayze. Who's the guy who's married to Goldie Hawn? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Same guy. <laughs> no, no, it's Patrick literally, Swayze, Kurt Russell, literally same not guy. the same guy. Same guy. Yep. Number ten. Guys, uh, thanks Brad Pickens assessment. Uh, uh, thanks for Brad Pickens assessment of Brad Polly's hashtag succinct criticism of Tim <laughs> Kelly's quote. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag he will never see this. I actually am back on Twitter. No, I think he was talking about picking. Oh, no, he absolutely wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Fonekia. Fonekia. We do this every week. Great combo with uh, Brad Pickens. (laughs) Takeaway. Waiting is a cinnamon. A cinnamon. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) It's like watching a baboon mm. try to put a, ra- a square c- peg into a round hole. Synonym and cinnamon. Cinnamon. Hot. Once again, dumbest person I know. Too much to drink. Oh shit! How did you manage a fucking store? Oh, don't let's talk. Don't talk about this. Waiting is a synonym for the word hope. There you go. All that for that. That's great. Uh, Number eight, uh, Courtney Vrablick. Great episode, guys. Really appreciated the doctor's approach and quiet disdain (laughs) for potty humor. He doesn't have a disdain for potty humor. He's the filthiest person I know. Who? Pickens. Pickens. Oh, literally. He taught me everything I know about being filthy. (laughs) Like, no. Don't don't be fooled. Joshua Casey at the JM Casey. Nobody gives a shit. (laughs) JM Casey? (laughs) He said, I think Pickens, quote, you guys are great, unquote, uh, said, uh, is about as close to a five-star as she'll get. <laughs> you should probably count it. Did you see the picture Michaela posted of their wedding? Day? Yeah. Man, who is that guy? I yeah. don't know. It's not him. <laughs> Did he man. have red hair in that picture? Uh, it looks, it looks like, like it. So red funny. Hair. Did he look like, like uh, what was uh, from Happy Days? Um, Donnie Most? <laughs> looks like Donnie Most, doesn't he? A little know. bit. Is that that guy's name? I don't know what that is. From was it from Family Guy? Donnie Most. Donnie Most. Actually, it's, Most. actually, it's Don Most. Donnie Most. <laughs> anyway, coming in number that's six. A, that's a deep cut from Family Guy. Yeah, John Mark at Epic Tillick said, "I love all you guys. It's great to have this beautiful community of misfits finding their own way." Yeah, man. Number five, Tom Doherty said, I love how it always starts with several minutes of dick jokes and beer, and then boom, sacred, mind-blowing, profound conversation. Is he going to release a goddamn album so we can have him on this podcast? Yes. Know, right? Release Tom, your album. We want. I listened. So I actually I, I was listening to some back episodes of ours, and I found the one where we played his song. Yeah. Holy shit, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. We need an album of that. Yeah, Tom, and then come on the podcast and yeah, we'll talk about get it. Get on that. Actually, drive down here. Like, we'll, get down here, man. Yeah, we do that Come in on down here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're like an hour. Yeah. Um, Beck Ray at Ox Anglicans. At Bick. That's how you Bick. say that. Bick. 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 And Fock. Fock. 
Fuck. <laughs> she was delightful. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said, uh, I love the At Pastors podcast, but being in the pub has given me a turd family even turdier than my IRL family. The only problem with her being in the pub is that I don't know when the fuck she is awake. Because there's... <laughs> 12 hours. 12 hours. 12 hours. Is it 12? Yeah, yeah. so we okay. scheduled the interview with her. Okay, so it's actually just 12. Literally okay. 12, yeah. My God. Like, <laughs> like, she's awake and it's like... Or we're awake and it's like tomorrow for her. And she's yeah. asleep or something. Yeah. Like It's yeah. already it's already Thursday, uh, 9 yes, a.m. there. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Had a belch end to let, let Good out. work, buddy. Thanks for not doing Coming that in number you. three, Joe Hernandez at Joel is just okay, formerly um, <laughs> J-Law. <laughs> um, said, does anyone know hashtag the Gutenberg's Bible's stance <laughs> on three males raising a baby? <laughs> that was an okay movie. I remember that movie. Yeah, I don't remember that much, but I remember you I liked it. Pretty young. Yeah. When that came out. Uh, I, I was I, young when it came out. You were definitely young when that came out. What was the one? Uh, this is around the same era that with the babies talking. Uh, look that who's was, talking. Look who's talking. That was, yeah. That was, I like that funny. one better. I always wonder what the sperm were at the beginning of that movie. Because <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie, there's sperm going Michael into had that. awkward questions. Yeah, I did. I, wa- I did ask my mom <laughs> what that meant. I don't remember what she said, but it wasn't the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number two, uh, at in ran thirteen, Nick Randall said, <laughs> and this, Nick Nick is he, he is a friend of the podcast. Matt and I, he was in our youth group. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in our was, worship band. It was my youth group, Michael, not yours. Well, the you were part. I was of there. It. I was part of it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were an unpaid lackey. <laughs> it was the Lord's youth group. <laughs> Well, he was in my worship band, so suck it. Uh, and uh, he played bass, and we would always joke with him that we could replace him with a Mac. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. the ongoing joke with Nick Randall. Um, but uh, he said at Pastor's Podcast, I get it. You're edgy. But it feels like maybe you swear more than necessary. And this is in all caps. Be more eloquent with less profanity, dicks. <laughs> Fuck you talking about, man. What the do you have Nick? to use so many swear Good words? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Nick, <laughs> I love you. Thank you for finally listening to the podcast. Hey, Nick. Fuck you. That was at Polly named Brad. <laughs> at Polly named Brad. Uh, coming in at number one. I don't even know. Have you? So are you off Twitter now? No, I'm back on. Just today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got on just to at Pete Holmes because I was talking this morning at... Mandy and I were talking, so we're talking, and our four-year-old is playing in the living room on the floor, playing with trucks or cars or something, and we're talking about Pete Holmes, so we keep saying Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes. He goes, are you guys, hey, Dad, are you saying B-hole? <laughs> <laughs> His favorite word, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is. And he, so I said, no, he's got two older brothers. Yeah. So, yeah, the other, <laughs> the other day, we were, Mandy and I were in the kitchen cooking dinner or something, Heard him say to his oldest brother, Ow, you butthole! I have to laugh every <laughs> single time. Yeah. yeah. All right, coming in at number one. At Sean McDie. First time I listened a while back, I made a note to remind me which At Pastors podca- podcast host is talking. Hashtag Steve, Steve Gutenberg Bible. Hashtag Pickle Pop. And then he took a <laughs> screenshot. And this is what his notes. Brad, funny? Always on point. Yeah, I'm all right with it. Matt, older brother, deeper voice. 
<laughs> I love that. That's your notes. On that's that. a great contribution. You're older and your voice is deeper. Well, it's like it's like on the rest of development, and then Buster with his high fasting pants, pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Michael quote gay except for the sex. <laughs> that's even better. Very very true. <laughs> Uh, that was number one. All right. So that's it. Closing time. Read us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Write a review on iTunes. Check out our website in gloriouspastors.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you at patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Support us on Patreon to what join the Pastors NPR? Pub. <laughs> Uh, yes. fucking We're supported by viewers like you. Viewers like you. PBS. Viewers it's like, like you. It's NPR and uh, PBS. <laughs> Same thing. I watch a lot of Dora the Explorer. Um, oh, I hate that show so much. Uh, it annoys the crap. She's not out on of PBS. Me. Now for music from no, the, she's on Nickelodeon. Yeah, patreon.com um, slash pastors podcast. Get bonus content, buy us around, even help shape the content of our show. We've got an episode coming up where um, we have a listener at a certain level who has uh, chosen the topic we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That'll be coming up in uh, June, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this week, I don't know what the bonus content is. Uh, we'll figure it out after this. Um, we're prepared but, as usual. Yeah, let's talk about hashtags. Okay. Oh, let's okay. talk about <laughs> hashtags. Go ahead, buddy. So I've got uh, hashtag biggest vibrating cock ring. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. That's from yeah. Hillary. Thank you, Hillary. Hashtag the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Hashtag chocolatey feel. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew you're. T- I knew you're gonna do that. One. That's how I've described Michael <laughs> for many years. This is this is a this is a dark horse favorite for me. Hashtag Michael's failing port. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Your port on your phone. <laughs> oh yeah. You see, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny because it works, on a Michael. Cu- it works on a couple of levels. And, and by port, you see why it's funny. See, it could mean that, but it also mean his crusty butthole. There's a reason I never sit in that chair. Next, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag get me a small. <laughs> hashtag uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, that's what my wife says. Thank you. Good thing that is always what she gets. Yeah. No. <laughs> Hashtag Janet loves marzipan. <laughs> Hashtag Ben Affleck was great in Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's pretty good. Yeah, I like That's that. A pretty strong one. Although, <laughs> be hard to beat this one. Hashtag. <laughs> I know what it is. Banged by a drifter. <laughs> I think I think we know what this is going to be, right? <laughs> Hashtag I can't pronounce Chinese names. <laughs> oh. Hashtag grief pie. <laughs> Hashtag 86 inches in girth. <laughs> oh my god, I've missed this. Uh, hashtag my jizz in a sock. <laughs> my jizz in a sock. And then, yeah. and then hashtag gay except for set for the sex. Oh right, man, uh, I've got a couple for you. Got here. I've got hashtag for beer and science. 
yes. Uh, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag special fellatio episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then hashtag the cunnilingus episode. <laughs> Those are all from Hillary. Damn, I missed I all guess. of that. Shit. Uh, I've got hashtag biggest vibrating cock ring. Oh, man. Uh, hashtag I want my dick to hang out. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Michael unloaded. <laughs> <laughs> That's my film coming out later this summer. <laughs> This summer, come on to a hero near you, Michael Unloaded. From the producers that brought you. (laughs) What's the. I lost it. That didn't work. All right, screw that. Oh, Oh, man. From the producers that brought you Push and Rope. (laughs) Um, uh, From the producers (laughs) that brought you Push and Rope and Randy. (laughs) Randy. Oh, man. Uh, hashtag banged by a drifter. <laughs> hashtag Michael unclothed himself. <laughs> hashtag President Jizzfield sock. Hashtag Michael's masturbatory contribution. <laughs> hashtag Matt's high fastening pants. Nice. Oh, man. Uh, I've got uh, hashtag fruit flavored paraffin wax. Which I am currently <laughs> chewing on, by the way. They're pretty good, though. They are hashtag tasty. banged by a drifter. Hashtag grief pie Hashtag not a tuna And this is from Hillary Hashtag orgasm, orgasm, orgasm Man, there's a lot of good ones Oh boy I feel like banged by a drifter is top tier Yeah, I feel like we gotta go with that Because we all three of us We all three of us had it Should we we add the word cat, banged by a drifter cat? just banged by a drifter Banged by a drifter, okay (laughs) All right, so <laughs> it goes with the sex episode, so it's yeah. fine. All right, <laughs> yeah, because what we want to do is make Hillary complicit in our yes. uh, <laughs> bang by a drip. Okay, episode. then let's do. Uh, I can't pronounce Chinese names. No, no. <laughs> there was another one you had that was really good too. Grief pie is my vote. Uh, no, Eighty-six I... inches in girth. <laughs> 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 We're not going to do Banged by a Grifter? about Ben Affleck was great and Rudy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do... <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of back on board with Banged by a Drifter. <laughs> All right. We're doing Banged by a Drifter. That's a two to one vote. I don't care. Um, okay. So if you listen to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag Banged by a Drifter. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. I feel like we're going to regret this one. <laughs> at Pastor's Podcast. <laughs> at Polly Named Brad. At Polly Named Matt. And at MJ Basinger. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash oh. Pastor's Podcast. Uh, that's it. You guys got any parting words? No, oh, man. I'm good. That was a good episode with Hillary. Thank you, yeah. Hillary. Again. Thank always, you, Hillary. Always, always great. Good. Hillary yeah. is Check amazing. out her liturgist episode, too. And yes. uh, Not Your Pastor's Podcast. They had her, too. Yep. Yeah. And she'll be on Twisted Sisters. Speaking of the devil, Twisted Sisters. Um, <laughs> that came out way weird. Um, their latest episode featured Mindy and Barb from the pub, and it was about purity culture. It was a really solid episode. Very good. Yeah. Good to have you back, buddy. 
Thanks, yeah. man. Bubby. Thank you for coming Aww. on the show. Thank you Bubby's for being back. a friend. Bubby's back. Bubby's back. Bubby's back. It's so t- time to have Bubby back. It's the time to have the Bubby back. Bubby, 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 Michael Bubby, with Bubby, 11% Bubby, alcohol Bubby, Bubby. is a lot of fun. <laughs> do I need to drive your ass home? Is that like... No, I'm going to float there. <laughs> you do great. live on country roads. I'm a little nervous. A little bit of country fried. Cold beer on it. <laughs> Take him home. <laughs> country roads. <laughs> to the place. He belongs. West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Take me home. <laughs> <laughs>